Welcome in, everybody, to Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Joe Dorville. What's going on, man? What is going on? Football, football, and... World Series ended. Yeah. We'll get to that later. Absolutely. We're definitely going to talk about that later with our special guest coming in. But first, let's get to the NFL. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. It's a topic on everybody's mind. The biggest game of the weekend, Sunday, I'm going to say was Pittsburgh-Baltimore. Do you agree with me? And if so, what did you take away from this game? Uh, my takeaway from this game is, uh, again, what I said last week, I still need to see more out of Baltimore, um, even though they have a 5-2 and two record. Um, the games they struggled with was Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Kansas City, their offense got ahead of them early. Pittsburgh, it appeared that the Pittsburgh defense, as I said to you weeks prior, is one of the best defenses. Yep, yep. So they proved themselves again. I wanted to um I know I I'm pretty sure you had this at the beginning of the year. You had a lot of these crazy stats on Lamar, if I'm not mistaken, about his downfield accuracy and his throwing ability and stuff. Was not that on Lamar, no. Okay. Okay. Maybe that was on Kyler. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I was thinking about it, and it looked like the Steelers were going to let him beat them by throwing the ball, and he didn't look right. The Steelers in the first half of that game, the offense looked abysmal. Big Ben yeah. did not look good. Um, it was 17-7 pretty late into that game. Um, Baltimore was up. Uh, yeah. But uh, I don't know, Lamar, towards the end of the game, because I remember, what was it, last year, two years ago, he had all those games where everyone's like, oh, well, he wouldn't be able to throw it. And then he won a bunch of those games in the fourth quarter with his arm. But in this game, he just didn't look right. I don't know if it was the Pittsburgh defense or um, I wanted to get your take on that because he had a couple of interceptions. The King Slayer, Robert Spillane, <laughs> coming in with a pick six. For those of you who don't know, Robert Spillane is the undrafted uh, linebacker out of Western, Western Michigan. Michigan in his second oh, season. Who, can't believe I remembered that. Yeah, who <laughs> had a bunch of uh, uh, had had a, good plays last yeah, week. Yeah, had a good plays last week against King Henry. And then this week came out and had a pick six like to open it up. So um, I don't know if it's Lamar and his passing ability or if it was just a bad game. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it was a bad game. Like I said, they're five and two, so I don't think we should dogpile on Lamar like a lot of the mainstream media is. Don't forget, Lamar is twenty four and five in his career as yeah. a starter. Um, I wrote something down because so I'd said uh I, before we started, I said me and you're gonna have a bit of an argument here. Okay. Um, this is where we're gonna have the argument. Um. Because you wrote Lamar looks shaky, and though he didn't look perfect, I think it's their offense as a whole. They're missing Mark Ingram. Yeah, um, they went with two running two other running backs, and they're a run first team. They're a run heavy team, and again, they went up against like Titans last week, the best run defense in the league, essentially. Okay, uh, this is because yeah, you said right before we started recording, you're like we're gonna disagree on something. And I was like looking down, <laughs> I'm looking at the rundown, like what are we possibly gonna disagree on? Okay, just, just your Lamar looks shaky line because if you're giving it for this game, I, I I agree with you there. But on the season, people are down on him because he's not having the faint same flashy gaudy numbers that he had last year. No, tell I'm not. Me which, tell me, I wrote some numbers down. Tell me which quarterback you would want here. Okay. I'm not going to say any of their names. No, I'm just I love this game. This is my favorite game. Touchdown to interception ratio. 12 for 12. 
12 touchdowns, 12 interceptions as the first quarterback. 12 and 4. 12 and 4. The 7 9. Okay. 13 6. Are those my options? Those are your options. Either 12 and 4 or 13 and 6. 12 and 4 or 13 and 6? Yeah. 12 and 4 is Lamar. 13 and 6 is Jared Goff. Wow. <laughs> 12 and 12 is Carson Wentz. And then 7-9 is Daniel Jones updated with the Monday Night Football results. God. And we're going to get to that game later, baby. <laughs> but, yeah, so, it's... Uh, this this narrative that Lamar is worse this year, I agree. He is not as great as he was last year. But I don't put that all on him. I put that on Greg Roman in this offense that he's running that is particularly run first. And if teams know that after last year, they're going to pack the box. Yeah. They're going to force you to throw. And look at his options to throw to. Is there any skill position player, any receiver on his team that you want on your team? Uh, I would take Willie Sneed and I would. You would take Willie? Well, you have a bad receiver. Yeah, I'm, yeah you're talking about a Jags <laughs> fan, baby. Um, especially with all the injuries we have. I, yeah, I would take Willie Sneed, but that's about it. As far as. Um, I thought you were at least going to say Hollywood Brown. No, I'm not. I'm not a believer in Hollywood Brown. Okay, and I was going to say, and his production is off this year from last year. Well, and I'm not. The thing that bothers me is, like, it's one thing when it's Mike Thomas and he's like, he is the offense, and then he has all these antics and shit. But mm-hmm. if you're going to talk all this noise, your nickname is Hollywood. And then you're going to go out and have one catch for three yards. Like, okay. A lot of people get it confused. Do you know the Hollywood that is in reference to? Yeah. Hollywood, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, so baby. It's not, it's not the, the same Hollywood. I'm from the three, a six. But actually but, I, I knew what Hollywood was in reference to, but then I forget our listeners might not know which Hollywood it's in reference to. Yeah, I'm talking about Hollywood, the Seminole Florida. hard rock casino right outside Hollywood. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. So, I mean, it's not, the name is a bit of a smoky mirror. It, it's not Hollywood, California, big glitz, big light. That's it's actually Hollywood, Florida. I meant South Florida, Hollywood. I, I, Again, I I knew what he meant, and I meant by saying that <laughs> like that South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Miami swagger, which is where Hollywood is okay, near. Okay, okay, that's okay. what I meant. Because um, people think it's Showtime, no, big glitz yeah. lights. Like, no, that's not the Florida in reference. Yeah, being from Florida, I automatically associated with people Hollywood I know from to. South Florida who act like you know, like I. Well, we see this too. We see this. We'll in get the, to that in the next game. Too, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, we will. We see. Oh, all everyone involved is from Florida. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's just one of those things where uh, Pittsburgh did not look good in the beginning of the game. we got to get back on track. Back to the no, game. No, 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 but, no. I think Chase Claypool had a fumble early on in this game. Yeah, and then um, just, the, just the Steelers, though, their defense is kind of that plug and play, which we talked about. They get these linebackers from God knows where and God knows what round, and then they always end up being good. They're well coached. Mike Tomlin is one of the best to do it. To go eight and eight last year with no quarterback and that sure. defense, like, I just think, I, I think Mike Tomlin, uh, fun fact, Mike Tomlin, uh, with that one yesterday is now the, uh, the number one wins leader for black coaches. Oh, wow. Beating Tony, passing Tony Dungeon. Good for her. Yeah, tired. there you go, Mike Tomlin. Get you some, baby. Not a cheerleader, Terry Bradshaw. I see you. <laughs> I um, I just thought the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, I know they're five and two, but I thought they were going to be 
more formidable as far as their offense, if that makes any sense. Which I mean, it's, oh, okay. it's stupid oh, you, to say because they're scoring 38, 33, 34. You know what I mean? Like they're scoring you points. Teed me up so perfectly. That's what we do there. here. Um, so I said I had an issue with Greg Roman and his offenses. So I decided to look up Greg's Roman oh, offenses. Oh, good. We got some stats. So, Put on his the passing offense, he's, he's been the OC eight times. Four for San Francisco during the Kaepernick years. Uh, two for Buffalo. Two years for Buffalo with Tyrod and the Peter Man. And then uh, these past two years with the Baltimore. Oh, so for eight years. You say eight, eight years. You say eight times. Eight times. I was like, I, I got Same confused. Different. I thought you meant like eight different stops. Okay. So, okay. I see what you mean. Um, so he's only in past attempts. He's only had been ranked over 30 one time. Wow, and that really? was 29th. Yeah, his, so his highest touchdown rate with a quarterback prior to last year where he was number one with Lamar was 16th with Kaepernick. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, he his, doesn't. In his run offense, though, in his run offense, he was only outside of the top five twice, both with San Francisco. Last year, their touchdown rate was second, ranked second total. Um, in this year's tenth, so because the ground game is not as supremely effective as it was last year, I think that's why the offense as a whole has taken a step back. Yeah, well, no, I completely agree with that. Plus, like you said, Ingram's out, so that's going to make a huge difference. I mean, as much flack as he caught in uh, New Orleans, he's the heart and soul of that offense. If you, you know what I mean, like Lamar yeah. Jackson is the quarterback, he's the captain, he's the you know the number one guy. He's QB one. But Mark Ingram's the heart of that that offense. Yeah, and let's not forget they lost I Michael. Um, just about to go say, ahead. say go ahead. the left tackle, which is a huge loss. Oh, I wasn't even going into oh. Ryan Staley. I was uh, Marshall Yonda. There, uh, I think he was their right tackle or a guard. I can't remember. Guard Yonda plays guard. Yeah, and he retired this past year. And then yesterday you had uh, Ronnie Stanley. Yeah, there. so good for Ronnie getting paid ninety eight uh, seventy three million dollars guaranteed and a ninety eight million dollar contract, but uh, got injured the week later, which you hate to see. You know, I'm glad hit week him days later. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad to see him and his family financially secure, but it's it's a big deal for the Ravens. Him and then the left tackle for the Tennessee Titans are the two best tackles in the NFL, and they're yeah, both, both out for the, the season. Now. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough road going ahead. Um, speaking of rough roads, I wanted to get to this Chicago New Orleans game. Um, yeah, let's do it. Mainly, the biggest reason I wanted to bring it up was because of this fight. <laughs> what was what's my man's name? Javon Wims. Yeah, Javon Wims. Oh man, Javon Wims versus somebody with a dash in their last name. Um, <laughs> so, did you it. see the genesis of the fight? Because there is a genesis of the fight. No. So what I saw was that the thing that's been on replay, whereas uh, who is it? Wims is going at him. And then you like nothing really happens. No, it's so weird. It's so weird because break it Wims down for us. Is being Did you, guarded yeah. by Wims is being guarded by somebody completely different. I can't remember who it is, but somebody who Jen- Norris Jenkins, I believe. Okay. Um, and the route ends, and then he like stops, runs back to Gardner something with a hyphen in his name, snatches his mouthpiece out of his mouth. Oh yeah, then I'm watching it right now. Fist punches him. 
And then homeboy just stand there is like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then he open face mushes him. And then Kenora's Janky, who's the, the, the hero of this whole story, comes to the defense of his teammate, jumps on homie's back, and then like just drags him as a pile, a dog pile of masses. But what we didn't see prior to this was Hyphen sn- did the same thing to Wims on a previous play where he took his uh he took his mouthpiece off his helmet and just tossed it. Oh. And so then Wims goes to the sideline for like 11 plays or 11 minutes, stews on it, and then the next opportunity he gets, we see what happens. Wow, that's yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Big headline takeaway. All three of these players are from Florida. What's up? All three of these players. And if I'm Florida. not mistaken, Wims is from Duval. Carol City. Oh, no. okay. Carol City. And then it's the other dudes from Duval. <laughs> I know one of them is from Jacksonville. Uh, my favorite tweet on this was uh, somebody said, I don't even have to look up and I know Wims is from Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that 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 was crazy. Um, let's get I, I do want to I wanted to bring that up. I've been itching to we bring that up this whole time. Yeah. Like, but I did also want to bring up uh, Chicago, Chicago. Um, you know, they lose this game. Twenty six, twenty three. They were in it the whole game. It was a game. Oh, I got I got to shit on Breeze real fast because it doesn't seem like you're going to get to it. Breeze of his 30, 41 pass attempts, 32 were under 10 yards. Oh, wow. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I was actually going to bring up the quarterback play on the other side of the, oh, the ball. I have no stats. I just know he was God. I don't I didn't have to look up anything. He just looked God awful. But yeah, go ahead. And everybody keeps telling, oh, you should have kept Nick Foles. No. Yeah, I can. I'm you know, I was on the uh, get rid of Nick Foles bandwagon here in Jacksonville. Nothing. I don't have anything against him as a player. Just when Indeed, I he's just not that when, good. Yeah. When I started my Madden season, I immediately traded him to try and get out of that <laughs> cap relief um, for last year. But it's just one of those things where he makes plays, certain plays, and you're like, oh, my God, that's insane. I mean, you know, watching him win the Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Philly, Philly, I'll never forget it. Yeah, and then there's other plays that he makes, and you're kind of like, what What are you doing? Why and, would you throw that? Yeah, <laughs> and alas, that's, you know, there's only 32 people in the world that can, you know, be – I wouldn't even say 32 because there's plenty of starting quarterbacks that aren't – I shouldn't say plenty, but there are starting quarterbacks that aren't very good. But I don't – Jake Lutton. Yeah, start of Ben Dimitri started a game. Yep. <laughs> My man Rusty Smith, who I played with in college, started a game for the Titans a few years back. Uh, but, uh, and you know what? Ben Dimitri looked better than Carson once. <laughs> oh God, that's brutal for you. But I don't know. Everyone's calling for Mitch Trubisky, saying, "Well, maybe he can. Uh, you know, rev- maybe this is what he needed. Maybe he needed to get benched, kind of learn some lessons, and then come back. And you know, this team has got a fantastic defense. It's got." A lot of skill position players. I mean, they've got Allen Robinson, who I saw some crazy stat. Like his the five quarterbacks he's been thrown to by are like Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles Nick Foles, Mitch Trubit, like Chase Daniels. Yeah, Chase Dan. Yeah, it's like guys. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> and Allen Robinson is one of the premier wide receivers in the NFL. That's why they I can't paid wait him. for two years from now where the Eagles pick up Allen Robinson, like uh, Alshon Jeffries. Yeah, that's gonna be sick. But I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't believe in Mitch Trubisky. Um, but I also don't really believe in Nick Foles. So it's kind of what do you do? I don't believe in Mitch either. Um, because you said maybe this is the kick in the ass he needs. Well, it happened to him last year when they put Chase Daniels over him. Yeah. So if that wasn't the kick in the ass, then it appears we got to stop trying to kick him in the ass. See, we, <laughs> we tend to focus on these guys that we want to keep, not you, but 
the, the media tends we, to focus yeah. on these guys that they want to keep giving a chance, keep giving a chance, but then Lamar has a bad game and they want to tear him down. It's like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> what? How does Mitch keep getting opportunity after opportunity, but then Dwayne Haskin, who's now in trade talks, one time and you're done. I don't think I see. I don't. I don't. I disagree with that. Just because. I haven't heard any positive feedback about Mitch Trubisky. And I mean, given I listen to a lot of like Mike Wilbon on PTI no, where no, they no, just no, rip no. him Not and Bill Simmons. feedback, but just like you, like you said, people are saying, is it oh, time yeah. to put Mitch back in the game? No, yeah. And I, I completely disagree with that yeah. notion of anybody saying we should bring Mitch back. I, Dre Aikman said it on the broadcast. Yeah. He was like, you know, Mitch would have made that. He would have ran that athleticism, yeah, that's, blah, 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 blah. That's the thing is a lot of people are saying, oh, maybe if you get Mitch in there, at least he can run around, which Nick Foles can't. But I, I don't buy into that. You can't if you don't if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback. Everybody knows that. So everybody knows that. I just I don't I don't think they should go back to Mitch Trubisky because sometimes I just think maybe the young quarterback is just not the answer. Yeah. Speaking of sometimes young quarterbacks, it's just not good. Oops, not being good. the answer. Whoa! Wow! Shots fired. To a tongue of Aloha. The Miami Dolphins taking on the L.A. Rams. Big win for the Miami Dolphins. Shout out to my man, Trevor Wilson, down in South Florida. Biggest Miami fan I know. I don't know who that is. Okay. Um, But uh, through no fault of his own. Nope. Not whatsoever. Do against the first start and his first win in the NFL against one of the most formidable, daunting pass rushes in the NFL. Aaron Donald makes offensive linemen look like little boys. And, and he made Tua look like a little boy in that dude, first drive. With first us. play of the first, <laughs> um, what was it? First pass attempt. Uh, strip sack. Strip sack uh, by take that Aaron the other way. <laughs> Donald. We'll have that. Thank you. This is the NFL. Welcome. Hope you're ready to play, son, is basically what Aaron Donald said to him. Yep. But um, you're gonna keep yeah. casting those checks. You're gonna have to take these hits, young boy. Yeah, and <laughs> it was insane though. Uh, Miami doesn't have a vaunted defense. Everyone knows that. You know they traded away Minka uh, Fitzpatrick. I, I, I would say disagree. They, I disagree. You I would think put I them up there with the Steelers and the nah, Ravens. I wouldn't say they're yeah, a vaunted that's, defense. Yeah, that's but, what I mean. I'm not saying but, they're bad. They're just not. But they did have Xavier Howard, who they ended up paying a lot of money. Yeah. He was one of the premier corners a couple years ago. They signed Byron Jones away from Dallas last year. Oh, I forgot about uh, the going Byron into Jones this signing. year. I felt like they had a good secondary. I'm pretty sure you can go back in the archive of this show and uh, you will hear me say that, sir. Yeah, they, they do have a good secondary. Then they drafted Christian Wilkins, who had an interception yesterday from Clemson. Yeah, that dude was so, a maniac out there. They've, um, been, they've been building. Yeah, Definitely. And then they've got all those picks coming up too. So I'm anxious to see what they're going to do with all, you know, they've got the Houston pick. They've got the Pittsburgh pick uh, for this year too. A couple of things I wanted to throw out about this game. I know we're kind of coming into form on the show. I'm very proud of this show. We kind (laughs) of, the first couple episodes, we're just kind of reading endless stats. And now we kind of more just discuss what we took away from the games, which I really enjoy, but it incorporates stats. Yeah, exactly. But I, I really wanted to get to this Jared Goff, 35 of 61. You know, the last quarterback that threw 61 in a game this year, uh, Joey covers. Yes. My man, Joey. And you know what he did yesterday? Yeah. He won. He covered. <laughs> he, he covered. Not only he won the money line, maybe <laughs> against Tennessee. Maybe Tennessee's defense is not for real. Uh, mm. I'd say we'd get to that later. Well, a lot of guys did get away from that defense. Yeah, too. we're not going to get to that later, though. Um, nope. Sorry, King That's Henry, you have been usurped. 
by my man. Well, and he had 100 yards yesterday. The, king, the king of Cook. By um, the way, sit. Oh, sorry. Uh, tangent. Uh, it's not on the rundown, man. I thought it was on the rundown, but Dalvin Cook, you probably didn't put it on the rundown because you knew I was going to do this to you. <laughs> Dalvin Cook proves to you again why you pay top tier running backs. Oh, that's exactly why that was not on the rundown. <laughs> right now, you're going. Continue. Um, Dalvin Cook single handedly won that game. Came back from injury and said, no, 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 no. Now, what? We're bad this year? We just traded a second round pick to get Yannick Ngakwe and then traded or a third round pick and then traded him away for like a fourth or a fifth rounder. Fifth round. Pick. Yeah. He's like, no, we're going to win this game. I don't care how well Aaron Rodgers hey, you is remember playing. Me holding out? Yeah. This is why I held out. So four TDs. <laughs> it was no, he played well. And I know. I know before anybody <laughs> tweets at me or comes into my Instagram DMs, I understand King Henry is a pun on the old King of England, King Henry, which is why they say <laughs> King Henry. But you know what? I'm going to take that pun. And now I'm just saying every good running back is King, whatever. So King Cook usurped King Henry after he was slain by Robert. God, I got to learn Spillane. his last name. Spillane. Spillane. <laughs> anyway, rant over. Well, let's talk about Never. how the Dolphins special teams and defense won that game for Tua Tungabaloa. He was only 12 yes. of 22. But yeah, this whole Jared Goff thing, you're not going to like Jared Goff is serviceable for sure. But you're not going to win the game throwing 61 times with Jared Goff. What was that crazy stat? Like under pressure, he's like he's the one of the worst completion percentages in the entire NFL when he's under that pressure. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. And like you said, with the DBs that the Miami Dolphins had, you know, the defensive line had plenty of time to get there. Uh, you know, I, I feel... They ain't gonna get a lot of coverage sacks. They ended up getting three hits on him. Yeah. Uh, but the funny thing, uh, he was over on deep passes, couldn't hit anything beyond 20 yards. Um, and their running game looked to be good. I mean, no one really blew your socks off, but they had a 47, a 40, and a 30-something. 30 35. Um, 35, yeah. So, I mean, they were productive running the ball. I don't see why they abandoned it as early as they did. That probably could have saved some of his turnovers because he ended up having four turnovers, just like Lamar. Um, so I, I, I don't see why uh, they put the entire game into his hands. Yeah, it it that didn't make sense to me. Um one like and I the thing that bothers me about this game is the <laughs> fact that people are going to look at this final score and be like, "Oh, looks like the Rams aren't for real, you know, looks like we were right at." Yeah. Hopefully educated football fans won't do that because the Rams especially that defense is a very real team. Like yeah. You know, it's not like Miami ran all over him. You know what I mean? Like Tua Tagovailoa yeah. had under 100 yards uh passing. He had one touchdown. <laughs> Fun fact, Tua's under 100 is the first less than 100 by a quarterback's debut since Blake Bortles. Andy Dalton, 2011. Oh, I was so close. <laughs> I wasn't close at all, but. No. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I, I mean, I'm on record as to saying this. I think they pulled the plug on Fitz too early. Um, I knew they yeah. were going to go to Tua. We both knew they were going to go to Tua. Um, we called it, what was it, two or three episodes ago. I thought they weren't going to go to him. I, well, I uh, <laughs> suggested not going to him at all. Yeah. Just sit him like you uh, – what's the name, sir? I didn't want to sound Mahomes. selfish. I wanted to give us both credit, but 
It was me who said they're going to go to Tua. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just didn't think they'd go that early. I mean, I know Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick had two bad games. I'm but happy with my stance. Fit, Fitzmagic <laughs> had two awesome games. So it, three awesome games. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it was too early. Um, the defense, like I said, defense special teams well, bailed them out. Two awesome games and then one mediocre. Yeah. Game. It was kind of whatever, but he won three games. So that's why I was the big to. thing though is if something happens to Tua, um, that's this whole thing is going to backfire on them injury wise. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't play like that because something's liable to happen to anybody on any given play. No, I understand that, but what I'm saying is there's no reason for him to be in there in the first place. Uh, you you spent a fifth, uh, fifth overall pick, and like Adam Schefter tweeted this weekend, they want to see what they have out of him. Yeah. Okay. Going into this year, because I mean, they have Houston's pick, and God knows that could be number one. Yeah, no, that's that's the true Jets too. luck into a win. You, so. if you, that's true. No, I, I you okay, can see I agree if you with can that. Get yeah. Justin Fields, or you got to check it you out. Just figure like out Josh what you Rosen have. a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah, that's they in, know that more than anybody because they ended up trading for Josh Rosen. Yeah, so big tease. That's actually going to be what my walk off will be about next week. Is going to be these. Or super early picks taken that just didn't pan out sometimes. But um, yeah. speaking um, of, hold on. before we leave this, I game, had I another awesome guess. segue. <laughs> that was, that was. Sorry, I just wanted to point out. Um, anybody saying the Rams are bad, Rams are bad. Let's not focus on the Rams are bad or the Dolphins being good. Let's look at the court, the coach of the Dolphins, Brian Flores, who was the defensive play caller when New England shut down the Rams offense a couple years ago in the yep. Super Bowl yep. when they were high fly power. So maybe Brian Flores knows something about this offense in order to stifle them and make them frustrated. So Yeah, that's a good call. And also um another big thing too is <clears throat> Brian Flores just uh, we've talked about it at nauseum. Brian Flores just as a coach is really good. You know, yeah. everyone thought last year they were tanking for Tua and then they, you know, they ended up you know, winning all those games at the end of the season this Getting year, like five games. In yeah. And then this year, everyone thought, Oh, well they'll be all right, but they're still two years away. And now they're in the thick of everything in the AFC East. So we'll see what and happens. They still have Pittsburgh's first round pick for this year as well. Yeah. Yep. So we'll see. We're going to see what happens. High. I mean, it's going to help you flush out that team, get more talent. Well, in I was going to say, you know, what's really good to take. That's not such a high first round pick, a guard or a center or someone yeah. that to help protect to us. So for sure, for sure. Now, yeah, because I don't know why they went. I think with one of their picks last year, they went with like a DB. I was like, why don't you just get another DB? Well, then so in the, the their like last four picks that were all offensive linemen. <laughs> it was nuts. So, yeah, it was so, out of left field. But sorry. speaking of high quarterback or quarterbacks taken in the high uh, fir- first. God damn it. It's all ruined <laughs> I'm sorry, now. I ruined your segue. <laughs> Josh Allen is no longer an MVP candidate. <laughs> Josh Allen is no longer MVP candidate. We're, gonna, we're talking Buffalo, New England. Now, this uh, game was sloppy, to say the least. To say the least. Um, I just, you know, there was a lot going on early in the season. Uh, they were 4-0, Buffalo. And everybody was like, Josh Allen's MVP. And I was like, man, up there, man. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of the same boneheaded things, just less frequently. And he has, you know, a couple more better complimentary players around him. Let's... Let's wait and see before we rush the judgment. Not even halfway through the season, people were calling this guy MVP candidate. And uh, with no proven track record of being this consistent. I yeah. mean, Aaron Rodgers was in the discussion. Russell Wilson was in the discussion. But those guys have been you know, 
they've given us eight plus years yeah, of body they're of work. proven commodities for sure. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to point out that Jared Goff, eight of a, eight, 11 of 18, an interception, one rushing touchdown. He showed some Jaheim flashes in there. Josh. Um, you said Jared. Josh. I said Jared. I you said, said Jared, Jared Goff. I said Jared Goff. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Honest mistake. We were just talking about that game. Okay. Um, but yeah, Josh Allen. Uh, I'm going to say all the stats again. 11 of 18, uh, one interception, one rushing touchdown. Showed some flashes of Jaheim. I just said everything the exact same, folks, <laughs> and got the name correct. Um, and he was two of six on passes over 10 yards. So he was dinking and dunking um, against a New England defense that doesn't look formidable. Again, all the COVID opt-outs early on. And um, he looked unimpressive as hell to me. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Um, also had 10 rushes for only 23 yards versus Cam Newton's nine rushes for 54 yards. So we know who wins hey. that battle. Um, but who didn't win the game? Yeah, that's true. We play to win the game. Um, that's what we do at the end of the day. Devin Singletary, though. Shout out to my man Motor out of FAU. We're going to talk about another FAU running back coming up, too. Ooh, Al's all over this take. I'll run down today. I almost said this. Yeah, I take. took Devin out of my fantasy lineup because of weeks of being uh, unimpressed, and then I I thought uh, Le'Veon Bell would get the comeback game. Oh God! Well, it's smart and, to take uh, him out. He didn't have a touchdown. He had 14 carries for 86 yards, and Zach yeah, Moss vultured his touchdowns. Um, <clears throat> but realistically, I I think Buffalo has a chance to win the AFC East. I think the AFC East is wide open this year. Um. And New England just I don't know. There's if you look on like go ahead. No, I, you got it. I, I was I gonna say, let you finish your thought. If you look on um like quarterback guru Twitter or whatever the hell you'd call it, there's so many different <laughs> opinions out there like, oh, he, he doesn't look like he's setting his feet right, or his shoulder doesn't look right, or he can't throw to his right. He, you know, he he mm-hmm. looks weird in the pocket. There's so Cam, many different we're referring to. Yeah, Cam Newton. There's so many different takes on what's going on. Um, and I know we talked about it. Maybe he's just not right after getting COVID. Maybe he's still injured from last year and he hasn't made a full recovery. But he looked great at the beginning of the season, and now he doesn't look as good. And I think maybe it has a lot to do with the fact that this dude had a virus that's killing people. Like, maybe he's not as 100% as he might want people to believe. Um, but go ahead. I want to get your take on that. I was say, I'm still on board with that theory because, I mean, like you said, we don't, there's a lot we don't know about this damn virus. But something that has not been talked about a lot – Last year, what was the beat on New England as a team? They had a good defense. Tom Brady has no weapons to work with. Yep, that was the, that was their mo. They Nothing didn't to work get with. any new weapons, and they added Cam Newton. Yeah, so Brady got the benefit of the doubt of there's no good weapons. He has to leave to go to Tampa to get good weapons. Cam Newton has the same trash weapons, and Edelman was out yesterday, and he's going to be out for a while with uh, knee surgery, and uh, Nikhil Harry was out who was a number one pick but didn't show anything to us last year either. So both of his quote unquote best receivers are out. So he's throwing to nobody. Yeah. Uh uh who's the starting running back that was there last Rex Burkhead? Uh, the Georgia running back. Oh, Sony Michelle is garbage. Sony nah, Michelle I don't want to say garbage, but he's not but he's not he's not doing well. 
Um, They've spent so, picks on top on what they assumed was top tier talent. Uh, you know uh, what you were just talking about: Sony Michelle, Nikhil Harry. <clears throat> none of these guys have panned out. Yeah. Um, you know, you go and get Cam Newton. Uh, one point, and this his, is not Cam Newton of 2015. That's, that's I was gonna just carry, about to bring it up. I was about to say at he's one not, point in his career, he was <laughs> Superman, but he's not that yeah, player anymore. He's not that anymore. He's not the same guy that took fucking. Ted Ginn and was Calvin Benjamin hurt that year? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was out for most of the year. I can't even tell you another receiver on that team. That's Would how they go bad 15 that and one. Court. Went 15 and one because Cam Newton was just that damn impressive. Yeah, so he's not. He's not the Cam <laughs> of old. Not the Cam of old. These aren't the Patriots of old either. And I, no. I think. I, they just might not be good. They, you know, they had a lot of opt outs. That makes sense. Their defense isn't playing very well. Um, you know, it's just. This happens. It's the NFL. You know, eventually you're going to have a downturn for them to have 20 years of sustained excellence is insane. But like I've talked about before and the whole front runner Fairweather fans podcast, uh, the walk off that I did, <laughs> I'm very excited to see what happens to people. Shouts out to my cousin who's a big Patriots fan because he, what, you want to root against excellence? Shout out to my brother who's a big Patriots fan. Well, we're going to see what happens with this whole <laughs> excellence thing. But the cop out for those people is like, oh, I'll just root for the next best team. And it makes no, nah, my brother's insane. gonna stick around. Oh, is he? I, I understand. Yeah, I mean, my brother's gonna stick around. He's Good. been a Patriot fan. He was a Drew Bledsoe fan, and that's how he became a oh, Patriot damn. fan. <laughs> yeah, well, w- weird. <laughs> great segue. Speaking of sticking around. Go Tommy! I didn't hear no bell. Tommy. One more round. Let's talk hey. about a little Monday night football. <laughs> So, huge Monday night game. You might be thinking, Brennan, it was not a huge Monday night game. It was the New York football giants who have not been very good this year playing the Tampa Bay. Great unis, by the way. Yeah. Beautiful. I liked it all white. Yeah. Giant written out. It looked looked good. Um, but they're playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six and two, who everyone thinks has a chance to be the number one team in their division. Uh, definitely they're going to be the number, maybe the number one team in their conference. They're in the NFC, right? Yeah, totally. NFC, um, yep. You saw you how I was. Know this. You're I, in Florida. I know. I was, I was BSing it. I was like, in their division and in their conference. Cause I was like, wait, NFC or AFC? Um, I was like, all three Florida teams can't be in the AFC. Yeah. Damn it. Nope. That's true. Uh, so yeah, the Why NFC. Why do we have three teams? Um, but the reason I wanted to talk about this game, we changed full disclosure to the audience. We changed the rundown. Um, as soon as I was getting texts from people, um, I got a text from my uncle. I got a text from, of all people, my ex fiance. I got a text from <laughs> a couple of buddies in South Florida, all of which read, Hey, didn't you play with Alfred Morris? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Because the last I had heard, um, he had bounced around. Um, full disclosure, Alfred Morris, I played with for a couple of years in college until I stopped playing college football. Everyone's heard that story on the walk-offs. But he played for the Redskins. Um, Whoa. Excuse me. I'm sorry. The Washington <laughs> professional football team. I'm gonna bleep that out. Both. Yeah. I was looking up there. I was looking up some of their um, uh, uh, single season rushing records earlier. Yeah. And obviously because that was from years ago, it, it goes by the old name. That's why it threw me off. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, guess. I just wanted to throw this out there. Then he played for the Dallas Cowboys. Then he uh, played for the San Francisco, the I heard of San Francisco oh, he 49ers. San Francisco. And then he got picked up by the Cardinals, but then he was released. And I thought he was just going to be done. I, I didn't know he was going to play anymore. And then on his social media, I saw him posting pictures of him, like videos of him working out. And I'm like, what's, what's going on here? Then I get a flurry of texts 
this evening of, hey, what's going on with Alfred Morris? And so <laughs> I told Joe immediately, we now have to put this in the rundown and we're going to talk about this game. Just real quick. Um, Huge shout out to my man. Uh, his huge shout out. Rookie season 2012 with the Washington professional football team. He is in the top. Him and RG3 crushed yeah. it that year. He, well, I looked this up before the show tonight. He is in the top 10 for every single season, every record when it comes to single season rushing everything. Attempts, wow. yards, uh, touchdowns. He's in the top 10 for all of it. And he is number one. For rushing yards in a single season, uh, topping out at 16, 13, uh, and that, uh, beat Clinton Portis's record. So he. Oh, oh for the, t- for the team. For the okay. team. Yeah. 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 So. I was about he, to say, uh, no, 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 not overall. I'm talking about. <laughs> AP have a 2000. For the, uh, Washington football team. <laughs> CK2K. <but> <laughs> I wanted to just, I threw this in here and I know it's one more round. It's supposed to be a little bit quicker. We're not doing the sounders during the show, so I'm losing track of where we are. Um, but this is one more round. So Don't let them behind the curtains. Just, just a quick little aside, a little story. So it was um, 2011, I believe. I'm walking down the breezeway at FAU. And then I had stopped playing football. I stopped playing in 2000 and, uh, like nine, 10. Um, hadn't really talked to anybody on the team at this point. I'm drinking a party. So this is sophomore year. This would be my junior or senior year. So this is like okay, 2000. This is his sophomore junior. Uh, yeah, he was a year behind me. So yeah. Okay. So I remember okay. we got to FAU at the same time though. Cause I took a, like I said, a semester off. Anyway, I'm walking down the breezeway, <laughs> just walked out of the bookstore and here coming the other way comes Alfred Morris. And of course we're cordial. We were played on the same team. You know, I had his phone number for a long time. Like we were friends. We both were played in the backfield. So I see him. I'm, hey, Alf dog, what's going on, man? A train, Alfred Morris. What's up? Just <laughs> shooting the shit with him in the hallway, in the breezeway. And I'll never forget. He said, well, what are you up to, man? And I told him, I said, you know, just trying to finish up school. You know, I wanted to be a sports agent. This is when I had aspirations of going to law school. So, like, you know, I want to go to law school and be a sports agent. I said, what are you up to? And he said, well, you know, I'm just finishing up with classes and then hopefully I'm going to go to the league. But, you know, we'll see. It's in God's hands. We'll see. That was 10 years ago. <laughs> Alfred Morris is still in the league playing for the New York football giants. And that it was just awesome to me that people are texting me that he's still playing. And this was a very humble guy where, you know, he said, you know, hopefully can, I can go play in the league. That was what he said to me 10 over almost 10 years ago, mm. over 10 years ago. And I now, mean, in 10 years ago, it, it, it's far fetched to think that somebody at FAU, a six round pick at FAU. <laughs> yep. It was a six round pick at FAU just a year behind. We had a couple of guys taken. Um, it was like the first, like those couple years when we went to the bowl yeah. game and stuff was the first time players were actually getting drafted in like school history and stuff. And for him to go in the sixth round to the Washington football team and then, um, you know, do what he did and then still be playing. When when I was getting those texts and I was watching the game, I was like, we have to put this in. I've all basically turned one more round into a walk-off. So I'm going to end it <laughs> yeah, there. A huge <laughs> shout-out to my man, Alfred Morris. Big 41. What's up? Here comes A-Train. Another funny story. One time we uh, practiced outside of uh, the outside facility. I definitely be putting the walk-off sound after it was, this. <laughs> it was next to a water treatment plant. And Alfred Morris is so country. He used to go, hey, coach, that smells like poo-poo water. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of it. Next one more round. Joe's going to talk about Philly. 
Uh, Philadelphia won their game in painstaking fashion as only they can. Uh, going into the half, down nine to seven. Why are you down nine to seven to Ben DiNucci of the Dallas Cowboys? Um, ended up winning 23 9. I don't understand how that last strip sack was. Uh, I don't understand how they were able to run that back. I'm pretty sure Vinnie Curry had possession and it should have been called down. But anyways, they ended up with a defensive touchdown to end the game. Uh, I really wanted Carson to get the back because I stupidly put Carson in for all my fantasy teams because, you know, he's playing the worst scoring defense in the world in history. Yeah. So I got a bit of ahead of myself. I even bet Aaron Rodgers. Um, Oh. So um, just wanted to touch on that. And Ty Ty says 930 now. And what was the last part I was going to say? Oh, the funny thing is, if you are a PR person or you want to be a PR person, listen to me la- Listen to me now. Believe me later on. As soon as you sign every player, as soon as this kid walks on your campus, if you're an AD, as soon as this person signs to your team, NFL, basketball, baseball, whatever, search their t- Twitter handle. And any derogatory statement name you can think of and just have them delete everything. Because while the fourth quarter was happening, I went on Twitter and Ben DiNucci was trending because he had some tweets that weren't the best. Thankfully, he didn't say the N word or anything, but he was calling random things gay. And yeah, not the greatest uh, representation you want for yourself. So just kids out of James Madison, man, they're crazy. Funny thing is, he went to Pitt originally. Oh, did he? His brother, his, he played basketball in high school, and his coach was Mike McCarthy's brother. Oh, wow. That's weird. Look at that for a little fun fact tie-in. Yeah, that was, you said it in the Discord. You said, why do they always do this to me? I don't know why. I can't. I think I also said I hate watching Eagles games since the you Super did. Bowl because none of the games are enjoyable to watch. Carson, two interceptions, two fumbles. What are you doing to me? Just beat a bad defense. Yeah, they. I mean, they ended up winning. They ended up winning in a pretty convincing fashion. But like you said, it was no, one of the. No, it wasn't convincing fashion. <laughs> if you look at the final score, it was pretty. Yeah, convincing. if you just look at the final score, you could take seven. Well, of that's those, what I did. You, I'm not wasting my time watching this game. Points away because another two points was given because uh, at the end of the game, the Cowboys instead of punting the ball, they just took a safety. They just hiked the ball and just let it go out the back of the end zone. Wow. They just took a safety. So that's they gave insane. us an extra two points. So, yeah, that's a nine-point difference. You take nine points right off the board there. I can't believe that. Oh, man. Fucking annoying. Sorry. <laughs> Joe is heated talking about the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Let's talk about two teams that uh, we kind of called. Well, we definitely called it on one. Uh Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49ers. Just a couple of things I wanted to touch on. Russ is cooking like he's always cooking. Uh, DK, DK Metcalf is a man amongst boys. Um, love that he wears the pacifier uh, mouth guard. That's hilarious. <laughs> and Jimmy Garoppolo is out moving forward for the San Francisco and 49ers. Is out moving yeah. forward. Kittle's out. Uh, Garoppolo's out. They have a whole long list of injuries. Um, Bosa's out. Uh, so we'll see um, what happens going forward with Nick Mullins. Ugh. Quick question. Uh, do you think, because I believe this is the third year of Jimmy G's contract, and now they can get 
from under it without having to spend any more yeah, money. Yeah, a huge Do you gap think it. they move on? Yeah, 100%. I was about to say, there's the, he, I mean, yes, they got to the Super Bowl last year. Not really due to so him. Did if you Dilfer. go back, <laughs> if you go back and look at that uh, NFC Championship game, where I think he only threw eight passes in the second half, or in the whole game, something crazy like that, where they just ran over Green Bay. But um, yeah, he doesn't seem to move the needle on that team. They've looked pretty relatively well with like Mullins or Bathard yeah. out there. Um, so even yeah, better I, at sometimes. Sometimes even better. I mean, talk to the Eagles and George Kittles went off on us. Um, so yeah, I, I wonder to see what they do this offseason. Um, being that I don't think they're going to win many more games. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're going to be out as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, the playoff picture. I think they're going to be out as far as a winning record. Um, quick, uh, um, uh, a little addendum amendment uh, amends I want to make. I just said Trent Dilfer because it was the first thing that popped into my head. Uh Um, Trent Dilfer is a very talented coach and uh, he was a good quarterback. Trent Dilfer coach. He uh, coaches uh, high school. I listen to him all the time on the Ryan Rosillo podcast. And that's why it just popped into my head because he talks about being like kind of a game manager sometimes. Um, that was not a slight against Trent Dilfer. Don't anybody take slight. it that way. I mean, it was a, it was a little bit of a slight. But we know who Trent Dilfer. Was we love you, Trent. Um, yeah. Cheers for well, this co-host for Cheers <laughs> to the Press Box loves you. Um, one more, one more round. Uh, Denver taking on Denver the Los Angeles Chargers, fourth game in a row. The Chargers that they have uh, lost a sixteen or more point lead to lose yes. the game. Talking about the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I don't know what's happening. I I don't I don't even think Coach Lynn knows what's happening. <laughs> I think I've I've referred to it before, but there is a Chargers curse. They can't. They have to being a close game, and it has to come down to the last play. It. I thought it was a Philip Rivers thing. It stayed after he left. Um. It, okay. I I think it was last week or two weeks ago where I said no. Last week I believe in Herbert. I think people need to calm down on this belief in Herbert. People are making him the next, the second coming. And everyone wants to talk about how great his passing is, which it is. But he did have two interceptions in this game that are. Yep. It, it, you can't remove that from the equation. It's yeah, you can't act package. like it doesn't like, exist. It's, yeah. not, it's the same thing with Philip. Philip, I mean, we would always talk about Philip's interceptions. So let's not remove the mistakes from the great performances as well. It's hand in hand. Did you just Burrow refer to Philip Rivers as Philip? I did. <laughs> okay. Just making sure I'm, <laughs> I'm, making sure I'm tracking. Dag nabbit, I did. <laughs> um, but yeah, we can't, we can't pick and choose what we want to focus on and what we're just going to move to the side um, for convenience. We have to take the player as a total package because they are a total package. So you eliminate both one of those interceptions Game looks a little different. Yeah, I 100% agree. Drew Locke uh, did uh, kind of turn it on, though, with those three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Um, I really wish uh, El Greg was still with us so he could enjoy his Denver Broncos (laughs) in this close victory. But I I get jealous of some of these teams when I watch these games because as a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, uh, watching – like as soon as we were down 10, it's like, oh, this is over. And then to see some of these games where these teams are coming back from like 21 or 17 and stuff and winning, it's gives me hope for the future. Um, <laughs> With Jake Lutton? Oh, God. Um, where is he from? I, uh, Oklahoma, uh, excuse me, Oregon State. He's a beaver. 
Oregon State. Okay. 6'6", 225 pounds. It's funny. I almost said, like, six, I don't six, know. Wow. I didn't look it up, but I did look it up. So <laughs> you it all definitely looked it clicked up. in my head. <laughs> yeah, Joe sent six, me a six, text man. earlier today or a Discord message or something. And so all I, it said was Jake Luton. Is it Luton, Luton. or Luton? I'm going to say Luton. Okay. <laughs> Jake Lutton. So I looked it up. Uh, I'm going to throw this into the one more round. Fun fact that Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend will be um, starting Jake Lutton at a uh, quarterback rookie out of Oregon State. The Beavis um, at home against the Houston Texans, two one and six teams taking each other on. Uh, I thought that was interesting because the battle Gardner, for Justin Fields, Gardner. Yeah. Right. Gardner <laughs> Minshew. Um, we've been saying on this here program yeah. for the last three weeks, he looks off and come to find out his thumb is broken <laughs> on his throwing hands. Yeah. We have been saying he looked a little jittery, looked a little antsy. Why is he so antsy? Why is now? he sailing the ball? Yeah. Yeah. I said it a couple of weeks ago, man. I was like, he got in the red zone and then like every pass just went way too far. Way well, it turns out, Joe, thumb's broken. <laughs> Can't really grip the football with a broken thumb. Oh, I'm so angry. It's hard to a tight spiral if you're just letting it roll off your four fingers and not your thumb. I understand the logic. Like, hey, I was a six-round pick. No one believed in me. Then this team took a chance, and now they're taking a chance on me this season. So I don't want to say I'm hurt and hurt the team. You know what? Sorry. Sorry to cut you off. I know know where you're going. But it just popped back in my head earlier in the – a couple episodes. And we gotta stop referencing past episodes. But there was an episode where you said he broke. Didn't he break all his fingers so he can stay an extra year in college? Yeah. Then he broke his thumb so he could stay on the team. <laughs> he broke his. Yeah. There's a. There is an urban legend about Gardner Minshew that he drank an entire bottle of uh, Crown Royal and then broke his non. Uh, took a hammer to his left non-throwing hand so he could get medically white-shirted to stay one more year. White-shirted, red-shirted. Uh. Well. When it's an actual med, because red shirting now oh, is just okay. something they do. So it's an actual medical issue. They call it a white shirt. Oh wow! I just thought it was a medical. Yeah, because like okay. if you could get technically, you could get six years of eligibility. So like you yeah, could get red shirted your freshman. Yeah, so you get like red shirted your freshman year. Um, so red shirts they used to save for injuries, but then it became yeah. this weird thing. So then if you get hurt again, well, you don't have a red shirt anymore because you use it. You get mm. medically white shirted. Um, anyway. That's just behind the curtain. Speaking of behind the curtain for college football, let's move on <laughs> to the NCAA football weekend. A um, couple of things. Clemson hangs on uh, without Trevor Lawrence to win the game. Let me yep. let me pull up some stats. Give me a second. I'm being a bad host. DJ, uh, what's his last name? Uh, that's Yugo what. Mayo. Yeah. You will. We'll go you with that. Peninsula. Whoa, Joe can say that. <laughs> you can say Peninsula. That's wrong with that. Um, but yeah, so Clemson hangs on, uh, and I had messaged you this in the Discord. Boston College, God, it was such a bad team. I didn't even know who they played. Oh, you were looking for that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were looking for his name. My DJ. Man. No, I'm looking at it right now. DJ. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I got Tungavaloa. <laughs> I got Antetokounmpo. I'm not getting that one. So DJ uh, started for Clemson. Uh, Thirty of forty-one for three hundred forty-two yards, two touchdowns. I'm just yeah. looking up DJU. Clemson has players. Surprise, surprise, world. Clemson has a lot of players. So Yeah, he was the number one uh, prospect. He's a Polynesian quarterback. He will be taking over next year. They just got him in a couple games early. Yeah, and uh, what I wanted to bring up, though, um, 
this is the next thing that I actually put on the rundown because I was thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think uh, Clemson can beat a QB list or excuse me, Notre Dame can beat a QB list Clemson without Trevor Lawrence, their golden boy. Now I know you're not watching college football, but I know you hear enough and you listen to enough. You can kind of get a feel for this. Um, Notre Dame, just to, for reference, six and oh, five and oh in the ACC, number four in the nation, just won 31 to 13 against Georgia Tech. Okay. Without seeing anything, without any context, Notre Dame lost 41 8 to Malik Rozier. Yeah. DJ, I'm just going to call him DJ. Yep. DJ is by far better than Malik Rozier. And he was able to dig himself out of a hole last week in his defense. His defense, from what I've heard, um, really shit the bed uh, this past weekend. So if the defense can play as well as the defense usually does play for Clemson, because all 11 of those guys appear apparently always just go straight to the NFL. Um, DJ Travis Etienne, who somehow is in his 10th year of college. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think they'll be fine. And I, I hate Notre Dame and don't believe in Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll be fine. Okay. Good to know. A um, couple but of things. The bigger question is if they lose, do they still get ranked top four? Do they still go to the college football playoffs? Clemson? Yeah. 100%. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, 100%. Same thought as me. I think the same thing, too. Yeah, because it's it's by a committee, and they're going to say they were missing their best player, their captain, their quarterback. Yeah, like, me yeah. and my brother were talking about this, and I said it's going to be the Jameis Winston. Effort in the hitter, right in the the you know where incident when he jumped on the table, the yeah. lunch table, and yeah, then got suspended to, for yeah. a game. I couldn't remember the exact phrasing, but just so people get the idea, um, where he jumped on the table, said the vulgar thing, got suspended for one game. They lost. The committee took into account that he was not there, and they still put them in the game. So, so side note, then they um, got dusted by Oregon. Sorry, d- yeah. That's putting it lightly. Um, how is Jameis Winston not starting after everything we just talked about <laughs> with Danucci and Sutton, sure. Lutton, whatever? I was Colin Kaepernick not in the league. But, uh, we know why Colin Kaepernick's not in the league. <laughs> how is Jameis Winston not starting after what we've because seen? Because he's behind, um, he's behind Breezes. Wrap up the college football. We're okay. the NFL. I'm going to wrap it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's wrap it up. FAU bounced back. We had a, a bad loss last week against Marshall, but always got to shout out my boys. Al Nation, 20, uh, 24-3 win. And um, I wanted to say Michigan State beat Michigan. Michigan, once again, did. rated super high. Supposed to be a powerhouse. Harbaugh's a good coach, but... Harbaugh can't beat any of his rivals. It's yeah, really but Michigan funny. State beats them. And Michigan State is unranked. Um, we said, didn't Michigan State lose to, like, Rutgers earlier yeah, this year? Yeah, something stupid. But... Uh, I put in the notes, and I'll, we'll just get to this kind of quickly. The timing could not be more succinct for what's yeah, happening. Yeah, he came right on time. Right Our as we were going. special guest is arriving. Yes, right as we're going into talking about the World Series. But uh, I just think Michigan is one of the most overrated college football programs in the country. And that's all yeah. I got to say about that. No, that's big facts. Uh, all right. so big my fa- I got a big facts from Joe. What's up? <laughs> uh, my favorite thing to do, because I'm not watching college football, I will tell you who's dropped out of the rankings. North Carolina and that This Matt is your Brown. favorite thing. Uh, <laughs> what? They were just... It was, it was North they Carolina were five is in, back, They were baby. five in a pandemic year where half the teams are ranked and don't even play. All right? They were not a true five. Uh, Kansas State drops out from 16. 
and Penn State after losing. I think they lost to OSU, right? Yeah. Penn State has completely fallen out of the ring. I don't know how they were still in the ring after losing the Indiana game, but hey. Just, and also, Tyler's real nuts. quick, I uh, kind of wanted to bring this up. For everyone who talks about like the Sun Belt and, oh, these teams are garbage, blah, blah, blah. Just real quick, in the top 25, um, there's Coastal, Coastal Carolina. Carolina. <laughs> there is SMU, which oh, plays Liberty in the American. In. There's um, Appalachian Marshall. Marshall, who plays in Conference USA, but they were ranked when uh, like last week and the week before. Okay. And then Appalachian State keeps flirting with the top 25. So everyone who wants to talk about the SEC and these powerhouses. Oh, I didn't know Boise started playing their game yet. The Mountain West already started? <laughs> yeah, Mountain West started a few weeks ago. Oh, wow. Not, but I'm not paying attention. Ladies and gentlemen. Miami's we're not- number 11. <laughs> Miami's back, baby. All right. Let's get to the big thing that happened uh, this past week. So now we're going to go ahead and get into the World Series talk. The Dodgers just beat the Rays. So Joe and I had that kind of going into it. But uh, we have a special guest. We're actually going to be joined by a lifelong Dodgers fan out in L.A. right now from after disaster fame. Way too late. Mr. Tyler White, Pimp Nation, what's going on, man? You got to stay up for the champs, you know? That's the one thing. <laughs> and if this had happened uh, like a week or two ago, you you could have said all the way from L.A. It wouldn't be true. But now in my new house, I'm technically a resident of the city of Los Angeles. So it, it is more authentic. Yeah, yeah. Boom, homeowner, baby. Homeowner. That's, homeowner. that's right. We did He's it. in a closet. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. My house is literally the size of a closet. I was about to say, it's not, not, not an exaggeration. Currently, the entire house is a it closet. It was so funny because when you said the square footage, everyone was like, yeah, but he was exa- he was like underselling it. He was exaggerating. I was like, no. I don't think he was, guys. <laughs> nah. He said 881. That seems like kind of like a spot on number. And I think that's including the, that's like including like the sun porch. That's Ooh. like the little, little solarium Jeez. action. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard God, out here, dude. It's hard out here. At least you got all those windows on your porch. It was only half a mil, man. <laughs> I got so, a I mean. lot of windows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forty-three uh, windows. Anyway, uh, we're doing a lot of uh, a lot of inside baseball. Speaking of inside baseball, inside baseball. Tyler, you baseball. Into it, Ty, Ty. Let's get into bring it. Bring a wine. Yeah, bring wine. Ooh, you're gonna turn this into an AD thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Tyler, you are an incredibly uh, huge baseball fan, correct? Yes, I am a, a born and bred baseball fan. I've been playing it since I was nine. I still play. Uh, well, until the season stopped because of COVID. But uh, I, I'm regularly chucking low 80s fastballs at, <laughs> at, at uh, middle-aged, um, predominantly Hispanic men. And uh, regularly, <laughs> I don't know why hitting, that was funny. regularly hitting guys in the head. Um <laughs> And uh, just trying to keep America great, right? For, for like a hundred, oh, for like a hundred bucks a season, you that can happen. You can just throw baseballs at people, just and they just hope that you're going to do okay. Um, so you've been a Dodgers fan, correct, your whole life? Yes, yes. Um, now, I was what? How, two the last time they won the championship? Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah, get. To. I was you're two say, years older so than me. This is your first time witnessing them actually win. This is the first time not being let down terribly, as I've yeah, because the last to. three years it was it was. They've made it to the World Series and lost in pretty 17, 18. Yeah, 17 and okay. 18. Yeah. And then uh, we don't talk about last, last year. Last year, lost to the yeah. Natties. And I suffered through so many bad... You know, I, I empathize with everyone who deals with bad ownership for their team because the Dodgers for the basically the, the 90s. Like my years of like the prime time. Like we had amazing players. We had Mike Piazza and Eric Harris and all these dudes. Sean Green. And they were owned by Fox Sports 
and they or Fox, whatever, and they j- didn't do shit. <laughs> didn't want to spend any money. And then McCourt through McCourt, Frank McCourt, who was, had tried to buy the Red Sox. He ended up scrounging enough fake money together to buy the team. And he was a total. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it pincher. all just like on paper? Like he didn't have any real money. money. It was all smoking mirrors. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. It was all smoking lot mirrors. Smoking lot mirrors. Found the name of the episode. That bastard still gets money every time you go to Dodger Stadium and pay to park. Yeah, he still owns, he the, still parking owns the parking lot, which it was yeah. a terms of the sale. Um, super bummer. But yeah, so uh, <laughs> it was bad times for a long time. A lot of great players and a lot of mediocre seasons. Um, and like getting bounced out in the playoffs in the first round. And then uh, we finally got to new ownership. ownership. took over in what, 2012? It's somewhere around there. Yeah. And, you know, and everyone likes to tout all the big money, which I get it. We have a very expensive payroll. But if you look at that roster, the amount of guys on there that are homegrown dudes who have been making league minimum, who came up through our system uh, is is shocking. And a lot of that big payroll is dead money, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we're going to be a, a lot, lot of people that are not even there. Yeah, we're going to be a lot lighter, I believe, next starting next year. Um the, the payroll is a lot lower because we're actually paying the guys who are on the field as opposed to like, I think, I think Andrew Jones was still getting money until yeah. like a year oh, ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, baseball is great for that. Nothing makes me happier than Bobby Bonilla day. Yes. Bobby Bonilla day is a great, <laughs> it's a great day. Brent, are you aware of Bobby Bonilla day? No, I don't know. What, Bobby what, I don't, Bonilla, who hasn't played, he got signed by the Mets and hasn't played, oh gosh, since like 2005 or some something shit. Something like that. And then they signed him to a deal, but then they were going to cut him and they're like, hey, we can give you all your money now, or we can give you deferred payments for like the next 25 years. I've heard about million this, A yeah. million dollar accruing interest. So every like July 1st, he gets $1.19 million Hell yeah. for the next 25 that's, that's the way you got to do it. I mean... <laughs> You think he ever gets to like? You think he ever gets the end of the June? End of June, he's like, ooh, yeah. So I'm gonna do it again this year, but I gotta, I just gotta wait for that. I just gotta wait for that July first to hit. He's getting tight. And then I'm gonna take care of my money this time. This time, I'm gonna be good. And then that next June, he's like, damn it. Thankfully, back in the same boat. Like, damn, I keep going to Atlantic City. (laughs) I gotta stop doing this. We 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 talk a lot about on this show. We talk obviously with sports. We do the walk off every week where we kind of talk about something that you know means a lot to us. And now, what is it like to finally like this year to finally win? Because after that game four and that Rays comeback, I mean, Joe and I that. Well, we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, Joe and I mentioned it on the show because um, I picked the Rays and the Dodgers to go to the World Series, but we actually both were. We're not going to lie. We're both from Florida. Yeah, so we were both for the race. Yeah, we were both kind of pulling the for the race. I was going for the, for the entire uh, uh, AL uh, series. Yeah. Of yeah. Course. So when they had that amazing comeback, I, th- I kind of thought just with all the sports that, you know, I watch and we watch, I was just kind of thinking like, oh, okay, this is how it's going to go in Dodgers fashion. They're going to come back from a crazy game. Then they're going to win the next game. Then all of a sudden it's going to be raise win in seven and so what is your mindset as a fan kind of going into that like when you watch that game is it kind of like oh here we go again or are you in yeah, shock it's like- it was 100 percent here we go again because we've been the victim of of i we've been the victim of some questionable coaching decisions like every team is i mean that's not unique to be like well Kevin dodgers Cash. fans we've dealt with it um but you know one of the strengths of the dodgers is their you know, Andrew Friedman, who used to be with the Tampa Bay Rays, um, yeah. Yeah. who came over and he's a big Sabermetrics, Moneyball kind of guy. Um, 
one of our strengths is the analytics. We have the best, some of the best analytics in the game. We don't bang trash cans, so we actually do it like the legit way. <laughs> um, and so they come in super prepared. They have a great game plan, and all that analytic stuff is great over the aggregate of a season. It, yeah. More yes. often than not, it's going to play out. The problem that I've always argued is that they aren't the playoffs are not the aggregate. The playoffs yeah. is a single moment changes everything and it can't be smoothed out over the course of the season. You have to play like, what is your hot hand? And I think that I don't know if it's Dave, uh, the, you know, I don't know if it's Dave's choice as the manager of the Dodgers, or if it is a order from on high from the dudes in the suits, but it feels like sometimes he is too stuck on doing what the analytics that got them there. I don't take that away from it. I believe in that stuff, but I think in the playoffs, it's different beast. You got to ride the hot hand, um, and the thing that drives me crazy is when you have a pitcher who's dealing like, you know, that's all usually a lot of this comes down to the, to the, the pitching matchups. Yeah. If you have a pitcher who's doing great, even though the book tells you, okay, at this point you should sub them out with someone else. Um, or you need to bring in this guy to face these three left-handed hitters coming up. You are hoping that the guy that you're going to bring in, in this high pressure situation <laughs> will perform at the level that they will bear out through the aggregate in a single micro moment where yeah. you already have a pitcher who is on the mound right now doing what you want. They are, they are achieving what is happening in an optimal scenario. So I've never understood why you pull them to then hope that you're going to slot in a guy who is going to hopefully perform at the level that the guy is already doing. Um, and more often than not, the thing that has burned us with that is our relievers coming in in janky situations or Kenley Jansen not having it together <laughs> and exactly what I'm explaining, bearing out someone gives someone hangs a slider and you I'm a big fan of this tie tie, by the way. Yeah. But would you say um would you say the Dodgers are a little shell shocked from years when they had Donnie Donnie baseball in there and he would leave Kershaw in there a little too long. He'd leave some of the other pitches in there a little too long and then they'd get popped. I've honestly blocked kind of the, the Don, Don Mattingly years like from my mind. Like, uh, I, yeah, I don't. Yes, Do you think, I, I think they're, they're, they're playing scared because they have because like uh, Corey Seager said, Jock, uh, not Jock, um, Corey, Cody Bellinger said, you know, they kind of had had all this pressure kind of, of built up because they've so, blown it multiple times. Exactly. Do you Granted, think one team cheated against them while they blew it? But of course, yeah, maybe they, two, maybe two. Yeah. We don't know about the Red Sox yet. So. Um, Yes, of course. Actually, that's, we do know about the Red Sox. Of course, that's on the back of your mind. I mean, anyone who's done any sort of competitive thing, if you have previous failures at that thing that you're trying to achieve, it's going to be in the back of your mind. At that exact moment. And there is something about baseball that is so heartbreaking, but also wonderful about the sport, is that although it is a team sport, it is an individual sport as well. It's a nine individuals who are attempting to perform at their best on an individual basis for the benefit of the team. And they are liars if they don't think <laughs> that when Kenley's had some rough outings and it's in the playoffs and here we go again and he comes out, they're lying if they're all in there. They're all going to say, yeah, I had no doubts at all. Of course you do because <laughs> you've seen him do this before. And that was my argument about this series was that Kenley this season, our closer who has had elite stuff in the past he doesn't have it to the degree. He's still a very good reliever, but he's not like the closer. When you think of a, someone coming in to shut the game down, he's not that guy anymore. And now if I'm the other team and I see Kenley come in and we've been, you know, the Dodgers relief staff has just been blowing us away all night. 
but we're within one or two runs and Kenley's coming in the ninth and we got a, we got three outs. We've got a chance. You are suddenly giving the team a mental boost and whether that's, whether that's valid or not, whether Kenley deserves that level of um, kind of disrespect stigma. from the other team, that stigma, yeah. whether or not that's valid, it doesn't matter. It all that matters is if that team feels that. And you could tell that every time he came into a game in all the rounds of, the, of this playoff, the teams are like, Oh, we've got a chance because this guy isn't who he used to be. Um, it, the, the Dodgers benefited from this. Like I think it was two years ago in the, their series against the Braves when Craig Kimbrell was having his, like mm, he couldn't get yep. his stuff together Yeah, and we were getting, you know, blown away. And then it'd be the Next eighth or the ninth Kimbrel and Kimbrell comes in and we're like, okay, he's going to do a stupid <laughs> arm thing and we've got a chance. And yeah. sure enough, I hate that so much. <laughs> I'm so annoyed with that goddamn arm thing. I want to <laughs> kick him in the face every time I see him come up and hang that arm. Oh God, so annoying. So, and when the Marlins knocked the Cubs out of the playoffs this year, nothing made me happier than bouncing him around. Yeah. I get um, that. But I was going to say, so to that point, because we're going to bounce around a bunch of games here. In game six, Kevin Cash goes out there on the mound, pulls Blake Snell. I could, yeah, not, I wanted to bring this up have, could not believe did it. Did you have some of that, oh shit, we might have a chance? Oh, absolutely. I, I said, I, I immediately turned to, to, I don't remember who it was. I think I was in a text message because no one in the room with me would have understood the reference. But <laughs> I, I, was, I, I texted my boys. I was like, is this what it feels like to be on the the other side of a Dave Roberts decision because <laughs> normally we're the ones going, Oh my God, Dave, what are you doing? Like, you know, I think it was game. Was it game three or was it game four that he took out Julio and he Julio oh. was like nine strikeouts and 80 pitches or something like that cruising. Um, and you know, cash comes out to take out Snell. He's Snell setting one of the all time playoff performances <laughs> with 73 pitches and nine strikeouts and yep. two hits through yeah. five innings or five and a half, five, five and a third and or something. Third, yeah. And you take him out because uh, Mookie's coming back up. Well, yeah, and that was the big rub. Was the yeah. top three guys were over <laughs> were Owen over two so far in that game. I mean, I I don't at, at bare minimum you go batter for batter. I don't understand just coming out and just and just yanking him. And when he did that, and you could see the disbelief on his face. Yeah, I was like, he literally said, "Are you this fucking game, kidding? This me? game's over. This this is done because." Imagine, imagine you, you know, I don't know if you guys played baseball, but like, imagine being the reliever. You're watching your boy cruise out there, and you get the call <laughs> to go and warm up, and you're like, okay, Wait, what? <laughs> and then you actually get the call to go in, and you're thinking, what are we doing? And the last thing you want is your reliever as he runs in that long, lonely walk to the mound, yeah, thinking, geez. what are we doing? What okay, I hope I don't, doing? hope I don't fuck this up. And not to mention, because I, I mean, yes, I have an issue with them taking out Blake Snow. I wrote a couple guys down. I'm not even going to read that. Um, Madison Bumgarner, who you you let some you if you're putting your ace on the mound, you got to let him deal. You got to let him go until they knock him out. But bringing in Nick Anderson, who I know because he was a Marlin a couple years ago. Who had given up a run in the every time he's come in yeah, the last he six ha- games? He didn't have, a clean he didn't have yeah. it working this whole postseason. Cash, you got to be able to recognize that and go with somebody else. Go with Fairbanks. I that know is crazy. One hundred percent, you should go with Fairbanks. That is the more frustrating Jesus. thing because when they're already doing something that is questionable or just flat out bad, and then you're going to compound it by bringing in a knucklehead or you know <laughs> Dave Roberts would do this thing where like instead of going to one of our lights out relievers. He'd be like, well, let's go to one of our our starters 
in this yeah. like in this like wacky moment and it works sometimes <laughs> and it doesn't work sometimes and of course the the not working the backfiring times are always the things that people are going to talk about way more than yeah that's oh, you're yeah, going to remember sure. that 100 percent of the time brennan question go i just wanted to know so um just uh because no, I, I never played baseball, and I was actually talking to Joe about this. Is I um because I played football my whole life, and so um I you never stopped. Got, you were just only playing football all the time. You didn't go to school. You know, <laughs> just my whole life. Sleep. That was it. That's what it felt like. Um, never ate. But yeah. I, uh, I I so I I always joke that I, I would have been much better at baseball because you know the way I'm built, and uh, I just my dad was from the Midwest, and it was football, and that's the sport that you played, and never got into even t-ball or little league or anything like that. But I, I was telling Joe this, and you know this from playing, and you know being a huge fan of it now, and still playing to this day, is that it's so bizarre to what you're talking about is that how. It's not this extreme athleticism. It's not breaking a tackle and running 80 yards. It's not, you know what I mean? It's not, you know, jumping over three guys and slamming it, you know, down in basketball. It's this weird kind of like paced thing where it's it, it watching this, the playoffs this year, it's mind boggling how anxious it can make yes. you just like. Every time the the pitcher lets go of the ball, you're like, yeah, uh, hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. And I told Joe, I, I I never really watched a lot of baseball in the past, and then doing this show, I was kind of like, well, I, I have to for the show, and then I kind of really got into it, and I was like, how can you deal with this, especially with the Dodgers history and stuff? It's got to be so oh, it's agonizing. Yeah, because it's, it's not like one play, like oh, we ran ninety yards, like it was a good game, we lost. It's like every pitch, it's like everything. Whoa. Everything in the playoffs is so magnified, and and you know, baseball is is anticipation and drawn out like agony, and then bursts, you know, bursts <laughs> of a thing happening, and is requiring. I understand why baseball is not some people's cup of tea. I I get it. I but you know the other thing like people like to say like well football is like way more action. It's also like okay, they hike it, they run a play, then the play's dead. Then we go watch these guys who stand around for twenty five seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They get so back in the like, huddle. They look there's only around. Like eleven minutes. Yeah, of actual yeah. So action spare in me the like baseball doing a long time. Like you know, it's yeah. Fine. You'll, you'll never like hear it. that from me because yeah. I completely yeah. agree with you. I was I was getting more in basketball like, or hockey. I can understand those, those right. constant pace. Right. I was going crazy pace. watching baseball because and and it was in a way and I never feel when I watch football because when I watch football you kind of like just from playing it for so long I kind of know the ebb and the flow of the game yep. and everything. But with baseball, it's like. If this guy releases this ball, like just even the the slightest wrong way, the game's over. Right. Like, yeah. boom, grand slam. And then to see some of these scores, like to be down by like, you know, five or six runs and then just come back. And it's like, it's like, honestly, I could not imagine like between Joe and the Marlins and you and the Dodgers being such a huge <laughs> baseball fan because it would it's drive so me crazy. And it's like, yes. it's like watching, my Marlins shirt, actually. It, it, you know, for me, obviously I love pitching. So like that mental battle of like, Trying to get with your catcher and be like, okay, what are we? How are we going to approach this at bat? How what 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 what's this guy's weakness? What does he? Think it's such a throw? mind game. It's I I I try to explain it to people as essentially you're playing like rock paper scissors. Yeah. Instead of rock paper scissors shoot, I'm going to throw something. You're going to guess. But then as the you know if people don't, there's so much wrapped up in baseball that if you if you haven't played it or you don't have a family member or friend who's really into it, there's you have to watch or read so much about the sport to like understand that like oh this hitter is guessing that because he's facing a right-handed pitcher he's going to try to come inside on him with the fastball and traditionally he doesn't hit fastballs well so maybe i'm going to sit back and wait for a curveball but now the pitcher thinks that i'm waiting for the curveball so maybe he's not going to throw the curveball or 
Maybe he's going to guess that I'm guessing. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. And then, oh, now it's an O2 count. So that changes. Or it's a 2 1 count. So that changes. Or it's a full count and there's a runner on second. Like all the, the, and the amount. The, the minutiae of the changeup basically looks just the delivery of the changeup looks just give, like his fastball. I will give Fox a lot of credit. I thought <laughs> this year was one of their best presentations of the World Series. I still think Joe Buck is annoying and John Schmaltz is annoying. But, uh, <laughs> The the present like both of them. The presentation that they did was, I thought, was some of the most um, infor- in- informative to viewers who don't understand how I can release a ball here and it is going to look exactly the same for the first half of its trajectory to the plate. Yeah, which you have to start swinging it by that point, and then they will show you how that one's going to stay up. That one's going to go down. Off. That one's going to come inside into <laughs> your See, toe. Like- that's insane to me. And like the one thing that, and this is something that just not being, not knowing a lot about baseball, it was hard for me to wrap my head around. And this is kind of what got me all twisted was like, okay, it's a three, two count. So he's obviously, he has to throw a strike or else the guy walks. And it's like, but maybe he thinks the guy thinks he has to throw a strike. Right. Yeah. So right. maybe he right. throws right. out right. Right. outside and the guy swings because he knows it has to be a strike. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah. And then, no. so now compound that with, that's just you sitting here being able to think about that. Now compound it with the fact of being you're in the world series, the thing that <laughs> yeah. you've waited to do your entire life that is so hard <laughs> It is so hard to get there. And this this year you had to go through four rounds of playoffs to get there. Yeah. And the fact that the Dodgers had to play that bullshit first round was a joke. <laughs> there was no point in having the best record in baseball because you're just like, you could still got to bounced out in the first round on a, a yeah. if you lost three games. Um, the first round really benefited the Marlins, but okay. Okay. All right. Relax. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's like, you know, and then it's the, the other thing is like, now, now let's think about the fielders. Like you might be in right field and you might not see a ball for four innings and then there's going to be a moment where like there's two runners on and finally there's a ball hit to you and you've got to be ready even though you've had no action for four innings and you've got to know exactly <laughs> where you're going to do what, how you're going to make that play. And like, for example, Chris Taylor fucked that up in center field on that, that game four play. He's got a runner on second and, and first second and, and first. Yeah. And the ball is hit into with two outs. So the runners are going on the, uh, it was what full count two outs. Yeah. Full it, was count, two two out, outs. it was two outs. So the ball is hit. You're going on contact because the game's either over or you're going to, yeah. you're going to score. He comes up as if he's going to throw out the guy at the plate, which he has no chance of ever. If you have a do runner, you think, getting do you a, think Mookie should have been the one fielding that? Cause uh, it was more hit to uh right than center. I think it, I think it, I think it, I think off, the, had off, the, angle. off the bat, it was a center fielder's ball. It kicked, okay. it kicked a little um, okay. to the right fielder, but it mostly kicked the right fielder because he just booted the ball because he was doing the classic thing that you learn in Little League of make sure you get the ball before you look at where you're trying to throw it. But he yeah. did the little cheat where he tried I, to scoop I, it uh, and look to the plate. I made the reference for Brennan. It's like, I don't know how much football you watch, but it's like oh, when a receiver all, Dude, I'm on red his... zone 24-7, bro. <laughs> oh, you, you're on red zone. Brennan plays football all the time. You guys are. Yeah. You guys should be yeah, best we're locked friends. In. <laughs> oh, it's like when a receiver moves before he catches the ball yes. and then it yes. just drops off his hand. 100% same yeah. thing. But Chris Taylor there in that moment, he got carried away in the excitement and the stress of that moment. And like the game was in the balance. They were about to take a 3-1 lead in the series, which is almost insurmountable. And... He oh, thinks yes. for some reason he has a chance to throw out a guy, <laughs> a fast guy who had a lead and is going on contact. You will never, ever get that guy unless you're playing, playing 10 feet behind second base. You're not going to get that guy. So yeah. instead, he boots it, then rushes in a throw. 
Will Smith doesn't know that Arazarena trips at third base, so he tries to make this crazy swipe tag. He does the same exact thing. And it's all this just disaster, and then Kenley Jansen's just staring, standing there like a deer <laughs> in the headlights, going, what the hell just happened? Um, and Kenley did, and I, I was guilty of this too, he got a lot of shit for not backing up home plate, but in that scenario, it's actually not necessarily the play, because you don't know if the throw is going to come to the plate or to third, because conceivably... Mm that ball should have gotten earlier and been cut off and then thrown to third to get a Rosarena. So he should be over there. So he got a lot of shit for not backing up third. Um, but it's debatable if he was kind of playing that middleman zone or if he was just standing there shell shocked, which I've, I've definitely been, I've been that guy who you make, you thought you made a great pitch and you can't believe what your half is happening. And then you're watching the play happen around you and you're you just realizing, kind of forget where you're oh, at. And you're like, yeah, I'm wait, what? To be, especially because pitching is like such a, like a, um, Pitching is definitely the like you have to have like the most swag, you know, like whether oh, it's, yeah. whether it's sure. real or or it's kind of like you're just pretending so that you can so that you can succeed. Um, you can get so caught up in, oh, no, this is bad for me that you're like, oh, I, I still need to be a teammate and go like, yeah, I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. need to go like back up that thing or, you know, do it's X, like when y, a quarterback Z. throws an interception and then just stands yeah, there and yeah, watches and the play. Yeah, you're yeah, like, what down, are you yeah. doing? We're yeah. still playing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. this meeting has been upgraded by the host. Oh, oh, hey, you guys yeah. getting all that notice. All right, all right. Um, Tyler. I did want to uh, go ahead, Joe. No, no, no. You go ahead. I just wanted to know what it was like um, that night when you. I mean, I saw some of the the clips on the Instagram stories and stuff. But when the game's over, when they win the game, is that like what is that for? You know, the thirty two years now it's been since you guys won, and I know this means a lot to you and it's people listening who is. Who have heard the podcast know about how much sports mean to us because we talk about it in the walk-offs and stuff. So give that that feeling, just that whole like, is so, it relief? Is it satisfaction? What is it? So I'll I don't know if I'm being more honest than a lot of Dodger fans or if I just have a different take on it, but mm. it was not the release that I was hoping it would be. Okay. It it, mm. it was and I don't know how much of that is. Six a game season it being the weird season. Although, like you know, analytically, everything you consider about the shorter season is that it was harder because yeah. the the scenario with which under with which they were playing was harder. Added every every win or loss was worth like three times as much. Yeah, um, you had to play an extra round in the playoffs. Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of factors and a lot of really smart people have lo- written a lot of interesting things about why this is actually a more difficult baseball season. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I, I had thought for a while, I was like, well, is it a real championship? Like, it, you know, does it count the same <laughs> way as a normal one? And the thing that I do argue that it does count the same because everyone had everyone was playing under the same rules. Um, yeah. Everyone had the same schedule, you know, whatever well, the scenario that you're playing in. Um, and the thing that the thing that the thing that sold it for me, though, was if the Dodgers had choked and blown it, people that hate the Dodgers would never have they. They wouldn't have been like, ah, oh, Tyler, it's okay. It wasn't a real season. They would have said, you blew it again. You blew your chance yeah. at the World Series. But now because we won the World Series, it's a, oh, it's not, it's an asterisk. It's not a real one. You don't get it both ways. You can you can have it one or the other. You don't get yeah. it both. Um, but I think for me, the issue was 2017 was, you know, we'd had these great, from 2014 to 2000, 2013 to 2016, we had a bunch of these great teams with really lovable players that made it to the either NLDS or the NLCS. And then, you know, 
Kershaw had some of his blow ups, and then we had the yeah. you know the the Phillies. I was at the Matt Stairs game um, when Matt Stairs hit a home run off of Broxton that I turned to my dad and I said, "This is a, you know Matt Stairs was like a forty five year old journeyman. <laughs> only bring him in to try to hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth." I turned to my dad. I said, "Watch this," and sure enough, he did. We lost that series. <laughs> Um, you know, it was year after year of like, if one thing had, had changed, you'd be going to a series, either evening it up or going a three, one lead and then going to the world series. And it just kept yeah. not happening. Um, and then 2017, everything finally lined up. That was the year the Dodgers had all these incredible comebacks. They were like the team of destiny. We faced off against the Astros who Astros who at the time I liked, I liked a lot of I those guys too. I know. I feel so lied to now. They were young and fun and exciting Springer and Correa, I was terrified Tuve. to play them, but it was an, it was an amazing series. Um, then they brought in Justin, Justin, I love Justin. And we went to game seven and it was, I mean, that's everything you hope for. And it was, you know, you're like, okay, we get game seven, of the world series for the first time in 29 years for the Dodgers. Like, <laughs> was it this, at home? It was at home. Yeah. It was at Dodgers. And, yeah. Yeah. And then it doesn't happen. And the heartbreak is just all the moments of like, what could have been are just, you know, I, I still have, I still have nightmares about the home run that, that, that Cody hit, except it just stopped at the warning track and just fell oh, down. Yeah. And like, that's a game changing player. Yeah. Right there. Because wasn't it weird? Like, um, what in game one, nothing went out or yeah. everything. Oh no. Well, that was like a one Oh game. That was like one of the fastest games ever because of like yes. the air condition or whatever. And then like towards the end, it started warming up and then everything was just flying out of there. Yeah. And then, and, and then, then that one falls short. So we lose that heartbreaker. And then 2018 is like, they're coming back. They got the chip on their shoulder. It's all the same dudes. You know, we're fired up and they do what they're, they do what they're supposed to do. But Boston, like everyone knows as we're getting, as we're, as the season is ending and we're getting to the playoffs, every, any Dodger fan that was realistic is like Boston's a better team. Like that's just a, <laughs> uh, Badder, scarier team than us, and like we got a chance because anyone, I don't care. You, if you play baseball for a seven game series, anyone has a chance. I mean, even yeah. like the Marlins could beat the Dodgers in a seven game series, maybe. What um, you just say? I'm just kidding. Two uh, World Series in the span of year <laughs> one, buddy. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> you can he think. Does this to you me can, all you the can time. think, Bartman. Um, <laughs> oh. Uh, so 2018 was, and I was at the, I was at the 18 inning game. Um, yes. Oh God, my, I remember with that. With my dad. And it was the single greatest sporting event I have been to or will ever be at. I mean, it was just. The, oh the yeah. Ma- you guys talked about that on the show. The amount of stress of that was the collective inhale and exhale of a stadium <laughs> as it watches two complete baseball games. Yeah. Essentially. I mean. It, it, just that game the, ended at what, like th- three o'clock your time? It was, two o'clock two, it was your about time? two in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, yeah. I watched ju- that whole game. That we insane. just made it before the, I think, before the the metro shut down. Oh um, yeah, that was the game where you guys decided not to. Wasn't it like something you decided not to eat and you were just going to go into the game or something? I don't know. Was that me? I I don't know. I I thought oh. I thought I heard you talking like you you told your dad you were like yeah we'll just grab food after and then that game ended up lasting. <laughs> well, I don't think like, that was me, but that sounds like a decision that we would sort of do. Um, <laughs> so 2018 we lose and it was like okay that was a bummer, but like we were very outmatched and there was only a couple there was a f- couple fleeting moments where it felt like we could do something, but then of course like you know some scrub dude hits a bomb yeah. and you're like oh, okay it's over. Um, yeah, and then 2000, 2019 we get bumped out by I don't even, was it was it the Braves. 2000 or nationals 2019 yeah the nationals yeah 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 so nats bump us out and that was a bummer um and more of this those same issues of with like managerial decisions and stuff like that and then this team 
we get Mookie Betts. I mean, the trade of the the I mean, so steal I mean, of a lifetime. Steal of a lifetime. And then we resign him to to add that on top. Um, and you know, it's all the same dudes, stacked lineup, stacked pitching, both relief and starters. And you're like, okay, starters? we got it. Yeah. Okay. You got Julio. You've got Kershaw. You've got uh, who are other pitchers? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got Walker Bueller. Gons, uh, yeah, and Walker's incredible. So yeah, that's three right yeah. there. That's three. I know. I'll say two of those are incredible. Kershaw and Walker. Julio has had a very good year. Julio had a great World Series. He really, um, but a lot of it was in relief. He didn't start any of the games because uh, he didn't. Which get, I found know, weird. I know. Yeah. Uh, we, we threw way too many bullpen games. Uh, they, yeah. they, they kept. They kept. The, That's like, why I thought you guys were gonna lose Game Six, and that was. I was like, well, you're throwing uh, growl, dial, whatever. His Gonsolin name is had out a there nice again. had a nice Gonsolin? regular season, but not not so much in the playoffs. Also, Gonsolin. Cool. Side fact: uh, I'm not convinced he really loves cats as much as everyone makes it out to be. I feel like he's a guy who is trapped in that like. <laughs> I feel like like one time he's like, yeah, cats are cool. Then people like bought him a cat shirt. And then he's like, well, I guess I have a gimmick now, but like he doesn't really like it, but I think he's just like rolling with it. But anyways, that's the side. So anyways, whatever this team was supposed to win. They had a 60 game sprint to win and they did it. And I think that's what makes it not as satisfying because it, they were like preordained mm. and then they, they did it. They did the thing they're supposed to do. Um, I think if it had been a game seven victory, I maybe would have shed a tear, but <laughs> This was just like okay, they went out and they did their job, they did their business, and do you they think completed uh, this the is not a question I had? Uh, but do you think um, the Lakers winning a couple weeks early may have dulled the sting a little? Dulled For me, the, uh, excitement. No, I, I don't not I, because you, but just like the city kind of has like no the city an was, arrogance. The city was still popping off for the for the World Series. I mean, I had tons okay. of friends that were calling me and texting me, and they were crying and very happy. But like, okay. for for me, for me personally, it was just more about like job done. But, Thank God we. It was it was more of like a relief that we didn't blow it. Really, it was like yeah. it, it was, if I had to feel that game four feeling again, I was like I I can't do it with this team anymore. I just <laughs> yeah. can't. They can't do this to me again. Um, I think if if they're able to repeat it next year. Uh, I think that one would will feel uh, more significant to me. Do you think it's like because I we see this all the time in um, college football, especially um, where it's like, yeah, if you lose, you've let the entire fan base down, you've let everyone down. But if you win, you're expected to win. So you're only like you said, you're only doing your job. So I wanted to ask you, do you think in the last few years with the house stack they've been, do you think? Any of those wins would have meant something to you yeah, looking back on it. 2017 would have been, I would have been overjoyed over the, over the moon um, mm. because it, that was like a team of destiny, but like in the way that is exciting to yeah, be a part of still the journey. At that point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and because they had not made the world series, that was their first time they'd made it since 88. Mm. Yeah. So um, that would have been, that would have been something. Yeah. And then 2018 was the like, it was like, all right, Team of Destiny is mostly back. Let's try to do it again. All right, we're kind of we're actually the underdogs, believe it or not. You know, against the against the Red Sox, and then it doesn't yeah. happen. So, but it still felt like you were like climbing up the hill. And this was a seri- this was a year in a series that was like, okay, we're at the top. We just got to kick people as they try to like you know come up the, yeah. up the hill. <laughs> we got to kick them down because like I think for example, I think like I think if you were a Rays fan, uh, despite the fact this would have been their first World Series, I think if you were a Rays fan the ecstasy you would have felt about your team with a payroll of $25 million yeah. being the best team <laughs> during the regular season and then beating 
the best NL team yeah. um, would have been over, over so the much more yeah, yeah, exciting. Yeah, because yeah, I talk about I that I all the time is how underdog, like when the underdogs, they don't win very often, but when they do win, it's, it means so much more because I, I, no nobody saw it coming. I had more, I, maybe not more joy, but I had... <laughs> almost as much joy watching Tampa Bay beat the Astros to go to the world series. Like I was, I might've been more invested. I think spite is maybe a more powerful motivator than like, than, than the like, okay guys, please don't let me down again. Yeah. I I don't know. It's very complicated. Plus like, I'll be realistic. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to change your episode or or what you, the topics you guys get into too much, but I was also like, all right, like, I'll trade the World Series for a certain victory next Tuesday. That's how I was feeling. I'm I'm not saying that to be trite or to be funny. I it it just felt like I'm just like yeah, this is a fun little distraction, but I feel like there is something more important on the horizon. Yeah, maybe that is what doled it. Like what, not the Lakers thing. It's it's like the while while this baseball season that I can't believe they actually fully got through with all yeah that they pulled it off. Um. I think while it was like a nice distraction from what was happening in the world uh, or the world, what was happening in the United States <laughs> is uh, let's not drag everyone else into this. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of places that it, need things to clean up. It was, you know, at some, at some point it's kind of like a, okay, cool. I mean, great. We did the thing, but like, <laughs> Yeah, there's still a lot of bummers going on right now. I think, <laughs> yeah. honestly, I think that's maybe yeah, it was that's a year like of bummers. That might be super like emo of me, like or like super emo liberal snowflake of me or something. But <laughs> I don't know. That's just that's that's how it was to me. That's I, I can only tell you my personal experience with it. All right. Well, I've, I've talked about more it. Questions. Hold on. Uh, Go ahead. I got one. You got a couple in there for a second. Um, was there anything cool about being able to share this with three generations, quote unquote, of whites? Uh, your dad is still around. Right, should we clarify my last name? <laughs> last name Tyler White. Um, your son was, he's now of cognitive age. Because yes. if you won in 17, he would have been. Yes, what? he would have been a, a year and a half. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he was aware of everything that's kind of going on. He was more excited. Like I, I was trying to explain to him, though, I was like, if the Dodgers win this game, they go to the next series of games. <laughs> and if they do that, then they go, they play for the big prize and then they can win the big prize. And he's like, well, what is it? I'm like, well, it's a piece of metal, but it means that you're the best. But oh, he was more, so he, you you he, have the uh, Manfred model. It's a yeah, metal. Yeah, exactly. He was a little more um, excited when I was like, and then the best player gets a free truck at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> he was he was he was like, Daddy, yeah. He's like, Corey Seager got the truck. Corey Seager, by the way, had an incredible postseason. But anyways, um, do you think he should have got it or Mookie the MVP? Yeah, for the series, Corey yeah. for sure. Not even a, not even okay. a doubt. Not even All a right. doubt. Corey was unstoppable. <laughs> Every Two time he came to the plate, you're like, steals. you're like, all right. Co- uh, Co- Mookie had a better defensive. I mean, Co- but he also between- manufactured some runs. He had what four steals in the World Series, two homers. Yeah, that's great. But Corey okay. was more consistent. All right. Um, and but Cody and Mookie, they saved the Brave series with their gloves. Yeah, they, they, they did. Jesus between the, the two of them, they made they made three or four plays that. If they don't rob those home runs, I mean, I've never seen so many home runs robbed <laughs> in, in a regular away. series, let alone <laughs> the the pressure of the playoffs in a park that's not your park. That's the other thing people that's don't the talk crazy about. Thing, yeah, 
No, that's a, I that's a about stupid that. You're park, in by the a way. place that's not your own. Where what was that game? Globe Life. Those that is a Oh, it, they were in the same place though, yeah. That was a, uh, that is a stupid park. I if if I'm a pitcher, I would love to sign with the Rangers because the dimensions like How far back is it? It was like what was it? Like 420 to dead center? I mean, Dodger Jeez. Stadium's I think 400 to dead center. So there yeah. was a, I mean, it, it's also this all this whole the whole playoffs is a completely different series if you play it at home. Yeah, in um, home stadiums. Yeah, I was thinking that too because the Rays with the catwalk and everything. There's a couple of balls I think the Rays get out versus uh, the Dodgers. Did you guys get into Manny Machado owing his salary to uh, a fan? No, no. What's this about? I think it was at the beginning. It was either it was last season or the beginning of this season. A fan was heckling him, so I guess it, was, it had to be last season, right? Uh, yeah, and yeah. he and Manny was, us down. Manny was like, "I'll bet you my salary. I win a World Series before the Dodgers ever do." Oh, oh and that's probably caught on camera somewhere. So, yeah, it's on camera. So the second that's the Dodgers great. won, I think we just getting like a retweeted, like, <laughs> like pay up, Manny. I missed that. That's hilarious. This guy sucks. I mean, he's great. <laughs> he's great. He's an incredible athlete, but oh man, he's got a bad attitude. The whole time he's on the Dodgers, I was like, I mean, he's good, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, was kind of relieved when they didn't resign him. Oh, man. Um, all right. What was my last question? I completely forgot that you side swiped Freddie Hugo. Oh, no. I just, I just, oh, you asked really me about, wanted- you asked me about watching it with Zach and my dad, I guess. Oh, that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you gave me the Zach perspective. You didn't give me the your dad perspective. The other thing, the other thing that I think was muting the reaction of how I felt was we weren't able to watch games in the way that I would be watching a World Series. I wasn't at a, I wasn't at a bar with fifty or a hundred people wearing our jerseys and throwing our beers in the air and going crazy. I wasn't at a family barbecue with you know you know twenty of my family and friends like watching the game, living and dying in each pitch. We had we had like our like five people that are like our bubble people over <laughs> and of them, like three actually care about baseball, you know? So like Aww. there's, th- there's that aspect too. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was cool. It's I'm, I'm glad, you know, I got to see them win while my dad is like, I mean, my dad's young. He's like, he's in his sixties, but, oh, um, wow. yes, to like have the three of us be able to like share that is cool. It'd be cooler if Zach was like seven, you know, like he's yeah. like he's like just yeah. old enough to like know what baseball is, but like he's and he knows the players, but it's not like it's not like he's like oh my god, damn. <laughs> yeah. The big breakthrough this season was showing him like okay, that number means how many pitches, that number means how many runs we wow. have, that run, you know. So he's got he's he's got it. It's just you know, it's yeah. It was fun, like kind of teaching him the game a bit. That's cool. Brendan, you got anything else? No, that's an awesome perspective. Really appreciate you coming on. Oh, from I'm a- not done. I had one more. <laughs> oh. You said you kept throwing it to me. I remembered what my question I Okay. Forgot. You I threw it to me that. like two times yeah, in a row. So I was that, like, all right, cool. That's on you. That's on, that's that's, on, that's on me that's on for you. sure. It's on me. I Can understand. I, real, but. real quick, you saying that's on me. I went, to a, I went to a baseball camp when I was like 13 or 14. And um, some guy, he was like playing shortstop. And he, he made an error and he was like, he's like, my bad, my bad. You know, I did that thing. <laughs> and the coach who was a, co- a college coach was like, running the camp. I already know where this and is he going. Stops the, he stops the practice. And, you know, there's like, I don't know. It's like 40, 40 dudes out there. He's like, everybody in. Everyone like runs in. And he's like, what did you do after you made that error? And he's like, what? He's like, what was this? He's, he's like, oh, like, he's just like, my bad, my bad. He's like, yeah, 
it's baseball. Everyone knows it was your bed. Everyone is watching you. Everyone's just watching the ball. So if you fuck up, everybody knows it. Everyone sees it. You know what's not helpful is you being, my bad, my bad. Just make the, he's like, make the play. That's helpful. Or just, if you, if you screw up, just give the ball back to the pitcher and just get back to your spot. Don't, don't, don't give me your little, to make yourself feel better. Like I've had uh, I've, I've been up. around where basketball coaches have done the same thing. What'd you yeah. do? My bad. Yeah, we know it's your bad. <laughs> Everyone knows it's your bad. You don't have to tell us it's your bad. You're wasting time. <laughs> One of my favorite things is like being in the dugout when like when someone else has made a mental error and fucked up. And uh, well, a I like to yell oh, at people, I have a tangent now. which is oh. very not. It's very not me in my real life my regular day-to-day life is not to confront people but like oh man if you make a stupid oh, play, we heard the last I, episode yeah, I, know, I will yell at you um but it's funny like being in the dugout and someone being like yeah man i just thought you know like well because i saw the tag and like, I, I i you know i just I, I didn't think he had it so i like you know i went because i thought the ball was gonna fall and you're like no 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 you're you're an idiot and you're but you have to like sit there and like let them like bury their soul their and you're like uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> But the whole time you're like, what an idiot. And then like an inning later, you're the jackass who like, <laughs> yeah, you dropped the ball or you didn't see it or whatever. And you come back, you're like, oh man, it's just like the sun. You know, it's like the same shit. You're just doing this exact same shit. Okay. <laughs> it's like a, a microcosm about, of life. I have a quick story about somebody having a mental error. Brennan, if you have one, you can tell that after. And then I have one final question for Tyler. Um, it was uh 10th grade. We we're JV basketball. And um, we were tied against Spruce Creek, actually, Brendan. Um, it was a tie ball game. And um, uh, we were inbounding the ball. My buddy inbounded it. Uh, somebody inbounded it to my homeboy. He was in the backcourt. And then he just dribbled it out to that way. And then after the, when the sound went off, he just threw the ball in the air. And he's running back to the huddle. And we're all like, you know we're going to overtime, right? We were supposed to shoot <laughs> the ball. He was like. Overtime, yeah. We were like, "What the fuck?" Are you doing? <laughs> oh my god, that's the worst. Oh, he just dribbled it out. He didn't even take a shot. We were all oh, like, what the fuck? "That's tough. That's tough." We all it's, just it's, laughed. We couldn't even be mad. We just laughed yeah, in the huddle. It's it not as bad as the Chris Weber, but it's 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 in the <laughs> oh, same kind of like there. it's in the same kind of it's like brain fart. Yeah. 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 Oh man, Brandy, the worst. Yeah, the worst one probably, um, cause stuff like that never really happened when I played college football. But when I played in high school, I remember it was our senior year and we were trying to beat this team, Mandarin and Jacksonville to go to the playoffs. And we were down by like four points. It was the end of the game. Um, like seconds left and our coach is going roadrunner, roadrunner, which means I, I was playing center. I snapped the ball on first sound. She was going mm-hmm. roadrunner, roadrunner, roadrunner. And then as we're walking up to the line, the, the quarterback's calling the play out and he goes on one, on one, on one, like shouting it at the line. But the coach is going roadrunner. So I didn't know what to do. And I'm playing center. So I get up to the line and I'm thinking, well, we're going on first sound. But the quarterback said it's on one. one. So he just goes, ready. And I snapped the ball. He was not ready. <laughs> it's funny because when you watch it on film, 
the left side of the offensive line is still in their stance <laughs> and the right side jumped because they, you know, went when the ball went and the ball hits the quarterback. Luckily he was athletic enough to like grab it and then he scrambles oh. and it was just, it was a mess. And I remember that was my last game, my senior year of high school football. And this is before I knew I was going to go play college. So I thought like that yeah. was it. Yeah. That ended my yeah. college or my, my football. Like, you know, I played that this sport since I was in I'm seventh getting. grade and the last play we're going to have is missing the playoffs because I couldn't know. I didn't know whether it was on fucking first sound or on one because nobody was communicating. I'll tell you my worst, my worst fuck up in high school baseball was uh, we made the playoffs. It was my senior year. We'd made it. We had made it our junior year and we had advanced way farther than anyone thought we should have. Um, and then our senior year was all the same dudes. It's kind of like the Dodgers. All the same dudes came back and we're like, all right, we got this. And we, so we played on a terrible field, all, all dirt infield and like, Oh. literally like 400 feet to the fence all the way around. Like just, I, I didn't see it. There was never a home run hit at any of my home games in four <laughs> years at that, uh, at that field. Um, oh damn. Yeah. And we played at night cause we had lights. So we, oh, we, wow. we were like playing night high school baseball. Very strange. Um, <laughs> but night so our coach was like, let's play it. Let's play it. Let's play it a nice field for the playoffs. So we got the local college APU. that has a very nice baseball field. But we never practiced on it. <laughs> it. It we just showed up to play a playoff game, and it was hey like, they, yeah, it was basically like a road game for us because we didn't know the field or anything. That was a mistake. He 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 actually gets. <clears throat> I, I'm very friendly with that coach still, and he uh, he, if you bring up that up, he gets like very sad because he like thinks <laughs> he thinks it's one of the worst decisions he ever made was to was to advocate for us to play at that field. Um, but in the first in the first inning the. It was bases loaded, uh, one or two outs. That must have been, it was one out. Bases loaded, one out. I was playing right field, and dude hits a screaming line drive to me, and I do the classic. I do the classic curse trailer. I'm like, oh, dude, I am gonna, I'm gonna, because I have, I did and do have a very good arm. I was like, I'm gonna catch this thing on a line. I'm gonna right into my crow hop, and I'm gonna gun this motherfucker <laughs> who's gonna tag up. I'm gonna gun him at the plate and we're going to be out of this without giving up a run. I'm going to get a double play. It's going to be huge. A double play. And because this is the top of the first and I come in way too hot and that ball just, <laughs> that ball just keeps going up and I'm a big guy. I'm like six, three and I, I put my glove like as high as I can as I'm running in full speed and that it just clips right off the top. <laughs> no. Oh, and over I just, no, 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 no. Oh, but I'm going to say, it just say clips those. off the top oh, yeah. of my glove. So now it's going to goes past me and the center fielder. You know, I jam oh. on the brakes. I'm like, fuck, you know, run and get the ball. We throw it in. It clears the bases. So they, the guy gets a triple. Oh, jeez. They go up by three. And of course, all my teammates still to this day, they're like, <laughs> Yeah, if Tyler hadn't fucked it up. I'm like, all right. We'd all be on full baseball scholarships. Here's, here's my argument is, first of all, my bad. <laughs> second of all, <laughs> the classic ball second of all, it was the first inning. And if we weren't going to score three runs, we weren't going to win that game anyways. And I got yeah. one of like three hits in that entire game. So everyone can fucking relax. Chill out. Yeah. I understand. Oh. It, it didn't set a great tone, but... <laughs> really brought the whole morale dude, dude i the, i could still i could still see it i could see the play in my head and what i thought was going to happen god and i know that feeling too where you're like oh, oh this man. is i've got it like i've been out in the open field before and been like like when i played in the actual backfield and you get you catch a ball oh. and you come out and you're like this is it 
touchdown. I'm just thinking like, what touchdown dance am I? And then, whoa, out of nowhere, a corner comes off and lights you up. And you're like, well, I didn't even see him. I didn't even see him. I had another play. I had another play. And it, let's not get too much into our high school athletics, but I had another play. I was playing, I was playing left field at the terrible, our terrible home field. And, uh, I was oh, sitting under this pop fly and it was the same thing. Guy tagging up a third base. I was like, I'm going to get this guy. I'm get this motherfucker. <laughs> this they don't know that you can't run on tie tie. So I'm camped <laughs> under this thing. I play it right. I come into it as it's in my glove. I didn't drop it. Don't worry about that. I actually oh, caught the ball. Get in my curl hop and I just unleash this laser. This thing is just <laughs> except it's about 20 feet above my catcher. <laughs> It's a frozen, it's a frozen line, but it is like 20 feet. And I let go of it and I'm like, I'm going to get him. And then I just watch it. I'm like, uh oh. And I can just see from all the way in the outfield, I could just see the catcher and the umpire just going. <laughs> uh, listeners, I'm looking up in the sky. Yeah, right I was gonna say, he's looking and up it, hits, it hits the little sign that says what, what in the field it is, you know, has like oh, a two boy. or whatever. Just hits Jeez. this little metal sign 20 feet up the fence. <laughs> People are like, nice throw. At least you got, least you got <laughs> one out there. At least you got one up. <laughs> I'm going to get this. Boom. I did oh, get shit. Didn't get him. All right. So the last question I had is uh, give me your thoughts on the Justin Turner debacle situation. And if there was a game seven, how panicked would you be? Because we don't I know what it would have been at this point. I can't. First of all, I was, I, yeah, we were all like, why is Justin out of the game? Um, everybody it didn't wasn't released until after uh, <laughs> after like right after the game ended that's when the news came out yeah as soon as they like went back to the studio justin turner was checking out because he tested and positive i was like whoa you crazy <laughs> that's like the most 2020 thing and i was like okay that's crazy that sucks um because he's also he's a free agent after this year or yeah. he is a free agent now so it was like and he's been on all those playoff teams. You know, he's a, he's a dude that we got from the Mets who was just like cast aside. And was he like he, a rule five player? I think, I don't think he was rule. F- yeah. I don't think he was rule five. Okay. Max Muncy was rule five. Oh, okay. Um, this someone's really gonna, someone, I'm going to get some tweets. They're like, um, ac- about. um, actually neither of them were rule five. <laughs> um, whatever. Who gives a Brent fuck? Like what's rule five. I'm not even going to ask you. <laughs> a stupid role or maybe it's a good role i don't know it's um, okay role. we got justin Bour for a couple it's worked out for the dodgers five. more often than than not so i'm not mad at yeah. it um i don't know i think if i'm justin i'm not sure anyone could keep me off that field especially i understand okay i understand the criticisms of him because there are people on that field for the after game scrum that were not in the quote-unquote bubble there yeah. are the employees the cameramen the interviewers um the dudes handing out the the stupid hats and t-shirts that are, why do they always look like shit? Why can't they ever make <laughs> good gear? I don't understand. Yeah. Anyway. It's never like you, you want to get it. it. If it's your team, like I always wanted to buy the Eagles one, but I was like, but it don't look good it enough to look wear. Good. It doesn't look good. No, you they just, never it's going to be on a shelf. That price. It's going to be on a shelf that every time you move, you're like, do I have, I guess I'll keep it. <laughs> but like I'm never going to wear it, but I can't just throw it away. Yeah. Like, just I like, might yeah. still one day buy the hat, but yeah. So, so I think that part is a miscalculation on his part, but also from what I understand, if you actually watch, if you do like creepy CSI video surveillance of the entire thing, from what I understand, he was only maskless for the, like the five seconds that they like took the photo. And maybe when he first like came onto the field, like put it on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong. You can fact check me. I'm not going to say I know he that kiss his wife at one point. On yeah. Well, floor. yeah, that's fine. Like, 
he, he, I'm saying were, that's like the only other yeah, time yeah, yeah, I yeah, saw yeah, him yeah. masked. Yeah. So I think, and also the thing that people don't talk about is that, or maybe they do talk about, it, but like the baseball bubble wasn't an actual bubble. The yeah, hotel no. that the teams were staying at, people could come and go. People could just stay there that weren't in Major League Baseball. They were on the golf courses. They were. It was not a bubble bubble. So yeah, it was just the, a neutral field. It wasn't a bubble like the NBA was in a bubble. So the idea that he like somehow <clears throat> contracted it and then is like now permeating the bubble with his sickness is. I guarantee we're going to find out some more players had it because it's just. They're all in close proximity with each other the all the time. Is, I don't think we are because they don't have to get tested. That's true. They don't yeah, have to I get tested. And they don't have to. Now. Yeah, I would say they don't have to give out that information. I, I am glad that they won because that it would have been an interesting thing because what exactly. would they have had to quarantine for game seven? Does that mean you push game seven? 14, 14 days. days? <laughs> do, do you? And do then you, what's the pressure at that point? Is do it you, a, is it a what's your rotation? Yeah. Do you start? Yeah. Yeah, I I, do I don't know. I think back on the that would have been a very baseball thing because the thing about baseball is the most baseball thing that can happen will always happen. Um, <laughs> whether you're playing garbage baseball like I do, or if you're playing major league baseball, whatever the most baseball thing is that can happen will happen. Yeah. Um. So I think I think the I think the worst part about it is that the next morning all the news and all the radio shows and all the TV shows, it was just about like Justin Turner goes on the field with after testing COVID positive instead <laughs> of being like the Dodgers won the world series. Isn't yeah, that cool? It Isn't did that take cool away from, uh, and I think it's, I think, hype. I think it's, I think it's fine to criticize him for what he did. I think, uh, people are, are unrealistic if they can't understand why he did it. Yeah. Um, and I think that, it's just a better news story to be like to focus on that as opposed to just them winning. There's more, there's more bite there. Um, and obviously I've been critical of a certain leader of a certain nation that also (laughs) and was like happy to be like out and about doing stuff. We can't have Tyler back on the show again unless after the election. (laughs) So what I'm saying, I'm pointing out my own, uh, hypocrisy, my own hypocrisy there. So I don't know. I think, if it for people that aren't Dodger fans, they don't know Justin Turner probably at all because he's not like a flashy superstar, but he is yeah. a very, very, very good. He's a very good baseball player, but he's a very good person who does a ton of work in the community. Um, and, and that had to mean a lot to him. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, winning the World Series alone, but how many times he had been there with that team? Yes, up yes. against that wall, yeah. he never thought he'd be here because I mean, he was a discarded player. So hundred percent. He was, yeah. on, he was on the, he was on the rubble heap and has become a, the, you know, one of the premier third basemen in the league. Um, so I, th- it's just a fucked, it's just fucked. It's just a fucked situation. Yeah, it's and just I, I don't, I don't know. Sure. I, I would have been sad if, if he had not come out for that team photo. So I'm glad that he got out there and got to be in that team photo because whatever alternative that they could have figured out, whether it was like doing the Kanye hologram or it would have sucked. Like, I, I don't know. I, and I think, I don't think any of those dudes, I don't think anybody on his team is mad about it. I think no. it's fine. If people who, like I said, the interviewers or cameramen or photographers, if they want to have a bone to pick with it, that's, I think that's reasonable. Um, yeah. But I think there's a lot of people getting outraged about it that have no stake in the game. Yeah. I don't know. All right. That is uh Brennan, take us out of here. No, uh thank you so much for joining us. That is Tyler White uh, the after disaster fame. Anything uh, you want to plug there, buddy? Um what do I want to plug? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Tyler Ruins TV. Uh don't follow me on Instagram because I haven't posted there in like a month. Uh 
yeah, I don't know. Watch the Late Late Show with James Corden. And uh, yeah, this man's got a mortgage to pay. Watch the Late Late <laughs> Show. <laughs> Seriously, I got a, I, have a, I have a big mortgage on a tiny house to pay <laughs> with two oak trees. You yeah. should have worn uh, TLC's tiny three. house. Three. Three. Sorry. three oak trees. Plus, three. the one in the front is kind of bifurcated at the trunk, so I don't know if it counts as two. I don't know. Are you guys going to do the uh, tree house? <laughs> we'll see. Oh, no, tire swing. We're just doing tire swing yeah, for right now. We're definitely going to start with the tire swing. Yeah. Well, thank you for letting me come and talk about baseball and, and relive my my uh, glory days. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, man. Like That's... I said to you when I reached out to you, I knew Anderson wouldn't give you the is it embarrassing? Is it embarrassing that I think I enjoyed winning my championship in my terrible baseball league <laughs> a year and a half ago? I think it was more than than watching the Dodgers win. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the, I can understand that. I mean, you had to active participate versus yeah, just sitting on say, your anything, couch and rooting. Yeah. Anything that I do means Look, more I, I to me than anything. Yeah, yeah. And I, I still hold that up <laughs> for flag I football. Went, okay, I went to play kickball and I was like, I'm going to fucking light these kids up. I had two picks, pick sixes in that flag football league right away. I was a fucking beast at safety. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> All right, Tyler. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, guys. Um, thanks for breaking down the Dodgers uh, and World Series you champs. Come on, buddy. You can come on. Next yeah, time if you ever want to talk sports. All right, awesome. Never see him again. I'll come back. I'll come back. I'll come back. (laughs) Have a great show, man. Thanks again. Next season with us. Okay, sounds good. Spring training. Yeah. Peace. Pitches and catches. Perfect. Peace out, buddy. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. All right, everybody. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're going to skip the walk-offs because we went a little long with Tyler White. And we're going to skip the quick hits. Skip yeah. the quick hits. And we're going to skip the quick hits, we too. We had too much fun. We had a lot of fun talking with Tyler White. Again, uh, check out his podcast. He's on The After Disaster. Um, you can find me at Brennan T. Comedy. On Oh, wait. Hang on. God damn it. Now it's time <laughs> for the press conference. Oh. We don't have the sounder, so I keep <laughs> fucking it up. All right. I'm keeping so this again, our Yeah, for sure. Our <laughs> guest, uh, Tyler White, again, you can follow him everywhere at Tyler Ruins TV. Um, you can listen to his podcast called The After Disaster. That's kind of how we all met, um, Joe and I included, which is really cool. Um, you can follow me at all, on all social media at Brennan T Comedy. Check out BrennanTComedy.com and check out my other podcast. Brennan Tazif is your ex-drinking buddy. Uh, last week's episode got real heavy talking about my last drunk and then a, we lined it up, had my girlfriend on. We talked about dating a comic and dating someone who's sober. This week, I'm going to have my friend uh, Emily Ray on, and she's going to talk about getting arrested three different times for uh, protests and not rioting, but, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Joe. Uh, I will be a, a guest on that soon, sooner than later. Um, yes. You can follow me on all social media at Joe Dorville. Uh, you can look at my uh, hip hop album TV by Headphone Joe. No O, no E in the phone in particular. Um, check out all the shows on a new load network. Listen to the uh, ad we have at the end of this. And uh, Brennan, take us out. That is why we play the game. Hello. Hello. And big shout out to Alfred Morris, my man. Thank you for listening to A New Low Podcast Network. We've got four fun podcasts on our current roster for you. Every other Monday, you can enjoy the Misbehavior Journal Club, a podcast highlighting exciting developments in the neuroscience community hosted by Amiel Moreno and Leah Krebit. Get some in-depth analysis of all things sports, 
with Cheers from the Press Box, dropping two episodes a week, co-hosted by comic Brennan Tassif and hip-hop artist Joe Dorville. Catch me, Kyle Loader, with my right-hand man, Joe Dorville, every Wednesday as we discuss a different song from the Hamilton musical soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast. Last, but certainly not least, is our network's flagship podcast, A New Low, which drops every Friday. A New Low highlights a wide variety of current events that both disappoint and encourage our five diverse co-hosts, who are Farzad, Headphone Joe, No O No E Dorville, Scott by Scott, L Greg, and me, Kyle. Every episode of all these podcasts and all of our social media details and links can be found at anewlow.co. That's anewlow.co. All our shows can also be found everywhere podcasts are available. Like and subscribe is the name of the game. Thanks again for all your support.